Hello and welcome to another episode of the Never A Straight Answer podcast, the podcast that aims to cover a wide range of topics from conspiracy theories to popular culture and news. I'm your host Gaz and joining me in the studio, he's allegedly lost his virginity before his dad did, he's my co-host, he's Mr. Taylor. Yeah, good evening ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back, welcome back new listeners and repeat offenders, thank you for joining us for another Spooky episode. Oh, yeah. Still October. It we're is. we're keeping up with the paranormal stuff. We are, and this week it. we're gonna be joined on the show but with by a fantastic guest. Yes. Um yeah, it, Michael is um gonna be joining us on the show. Michael Gagalani. Gagalade, sorry, Gagalade, I do apologize. Yeah. Um he's the author of The Devil Take Hindmost, a true story of terror. Oh yeah. And it's is. a really interesting guest. Uh, I can't wait for you to listen. Um that's coming up a bit later on in the show. Yeah. Um, but before all that, we've got um, a few more bits and pieces. We have indeed. Um, we always do. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, later on in the show, we've also got the NASA news. That's all coming up very shortly in the show. So well worth sticking around for. Uh, but what have you been up to this week, Mr. Taylor? I've got a couple of announcements, but you tell me what you've been up to first. Uh, I've just been uh, looking on YouTube and stuff and uh, learning uh, some new things about, like... Um, uh, uh, oh, what you call it? Uh, the tallest uh, mountain in the world, oh, right. which is Everest. Yeah, uh, learning some stuff about it costs you four grand to actually uh, be able to have permission to go up there. Serious? Yeah. So I can just turn up? No, they no, want no. like a down payment. Yeah, like, yeah. Apparently, there's loads of fights in the queues. There's absolutely loads of fights Why? to get up there. It's like I was here first. But the interesting thing was, once you get up there. You have to bring back down uh, 18 kilograms of feces. Your and own? Not necessarily your own. Well, how do you, I mean, so what I mean, wait a minute, so you got to go hunting around four feces to bring down? Yeah, because if you don't, right. then you lose your four grand. Seriously? Because I know I make sure you eat a lot of fibre and roughage that weekend. Well, do you know yeah. what? I know that there was a, pro- a thing about, like, you know, corpses, a problem with corpses. Yeah, on yeah. Um, Everest because people die so often up there yeah. and it's dangerous to bring the bodies down yeah, yeah. so they end up just being like left so I, I know that there was a couple of incidents in the past where there was kind of major you know tragedies yeah, and um, you know there was kind of people who were just frozen up there and just get left you have to it's just, you so have I'm to not sure it. how likely it is I mean if you've climbed Everest well, there's um, only two. How likely is it to just kind of come across a dead body up there? Funny enough, they might be able to do it this month because there's only two months of the year that you're like, uh, that you can actually climb it. Really? And I want to. I want to see if, if anyone's climbing Everest um, and you see a dead body, take a picture. I know that sounds really macabre, you're morbid. morbid man. No, I know, but I'm kind of interested at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Well, I do yeah. have this morbid curiosity well, about these things. Well, it is an interesting thing. If you spot a yeti, there's actually rules. If, if you, you spot, spot a yeti, yeti on the mountain, you can't kill it. You can uh, take a picture. <laughs> you can capture it, but as soon as you get that back down, Nobody you have to hand it over to the authorities. See, I'm going. Or you lose spooky, your four now. grand. You see that is probably spook- a liberty. You need spooky music when you somebody do. says you're going to lose four grand. Oh yeah, Jesus! Yeah. It's not it's not a, a little amount, is it really? No. Well, especially this day, isn't it? We got some um, announcements. We are um, from um, like this week actually, because we're from this Thursday just gone. Yeah. Um, we will be now um, represented on Redwall Radio yes. online radio station. Um, we'll be available. You can listen to us um, on air from 9 p.m. 
Um, yeah. On Thursdays, that's Greenwich Mean Time. Um, I'll, I'll post a link. Yes. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can go and check well, that out. Yeah. Uh, really listen. cool little radio station as well. They've got a few uh, talk shows, play a lot of music. Well, they play yeah. a lot of music that I like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got cool, whoever's kind of DJing have got good uh, good taste. Good taste. So, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, well, I missed it this week. I'll like be definitely listening to it next week. Um, but also, um, so yeah, definitely check out Red Wall Radio. Um, yes. Paranormality Magazine. Yeah. Um, who Ooh, yeah. Um, nominated us for um, the Best UFO Podcast Award. Yeah. Um, their award ceremony show is yeah. um, going to be live on YouTube on Monday the 18th um, at 9pm. Um, that's Eastern Standard Time, which works out in the UK at 1am on the 19th. Yeah. Yeah, so slightly ahead. Um, so where it's 9 in the evening, we're looking at 1 in the morning. Yeah. So we'll be checking that out. We will be. Because definitely. apparently no one's been uh, notified yet. Yes, which so is uh, sweet. So be quite exciting. I, will, I might get dressed up. I put my tux on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. sit in a tuxedo at 1 in the morning, sat in my house. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's all good, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, it's just been a busy week for me. Yeah, been super busy doing bits and pieces. Yeah, um, but all do. getting there in the right direction. Of course. So, what about yourself? Just the, so you've just been doing a bit of research on mountains. Yeah, and and well, different poo, poo, bringing like, poo down from mountains. Well, yeah, I, I, I thought I'd just do a little research into uh, you know little bits here and there, and then I spotted something with uh, I hadn't seen a group for. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, 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 many years, but I always mention him, and it's right said Fred, right? <laughs> Deeply <laughs> yeah. dipper, yeah. And he went, I'm too sexy, political, actually. I'm too sexy for this, for this song. Well, yeah, yeah, and I'm too sexy for look, this podcast. It's look the same as well, but they've got, uh, yeah, totally. I mean, right, which one's right said and which one's Fred? Uh, Fred's the, uh, the lead singer. Right. Yes. And the other one's the drummer, his brother. Yeah, the, yeah, the brothers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil and Grant Mitchell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was uh, interesting to see him out and about, you know what I mean? I haven't seen him for years. So why hadn't they been out and about? Why haven't they been around for ages? I mean, Wright said Fred. I mean, well, if you don't know who Wright said Fred are, yeah, right. 90s. I think 91 they brought 1990s kind of. Yeah. They were very kitsch, very kind of like um, a faddish, weren't yeah. they? It was like a big fad. Yeah. They did that they I'm too sexy. Yeah, I'm too sexy for this song. Well, around the time it was, it, but it, then they did nothing, and they yeah. did another tr- one, other tune, mm-hmm. and but they've they've still kind of carried. They've still everyone knows who they are. They've they crop up all the time, and it's like, right, said Fred, no drama. They've you know actually what I mean? done some songs for uh, Jay Z. Uh, who else was it? There's quite a number of people who apparently they're credited. It's to. like Bros. Yeah. yeah, remember Bros? Uh, yeah. Matt and Luke Goss yeah, from yeah. Bros. They, they actor, st- yeah, but they end up, like I said, I was just about to say, one of them yeah. turned up in movies. One of them was a yeah. Darth Maul, or was he, uh, did he play Darth Maul? Uh, or did he played somebody in Blade? Yeah, definitely yeah, in Blade. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah, yeah. Uh, the Reapers. Yeah, and didn't he do Hellboy as well? Uh, he did uh, a one lot. of them was in Hellboy. He did a lot of work. It was. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I actually prefer his acting work to his music. Well, it's I actually right. watched some on uh, these two, actually, and uh, they couldn't get together, basically. They had a major had a, eye. A bit of a dispute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit so of a Nolan Liam situation. Yeah, and they tried to get together a few times, but it just didn't work. But I think they have done, uh, uh, they have got back together but I don't actually know what the situation is with them at the moment because I haven't kept my eye on him well 
One last thing before we move on. Oh, yeah. um, this week's episode and all the way through October, mm. um, our show is brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, yes. You want to shave, get a Manscaped. You do. You need a yeah. Manscaped. Don't be a wolf, man. No, hell no. Um, oh, wolf, man. Get the best in men's grooming and keep away yeah. those, um, you know, little those, critters. It's a once in a once in a full moon yeah, sort yeah, of I uh, deal. Do, this. Shave, actually, do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, basically, Manscaped are offering um, their precision engineered tools. Yes, definitely. The, um, the, the specifically for your man. Man areas, yeah, yeah, yeah crown right. jewels. Now they've launched their fourth generation trimmer, which is Lawn Mower 4.0. Yeah, right across Europe. I love the design around it, like it's stealthy, kind of you know, a stealth. Fighters. Do you know what? I had a kind of a thing the other day, but which I'll go into in mm. a second, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but um, not a problem because it was one of those things where it was like, um, in fact, I'll go, I'll tell you. So, what, what happened was using it, yeah, battery ran out. Yeah. Okay. And you know how it is where um, I, I actually thought, well, it's not got um, a plug-in charge thing so I could use it while it's yeah it's you running. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Because it's a USB charging dock, which yeah. is cool as anything. Yeah. But honestly, nice sometimes when you plug your razor in and you've got to wait for it to, you know, build charge up a charge up a so you can kind of use it again, yeah. it starts lagging really quickly. Yeah, and oh, it, yeah. it almost sort of runs out of battery. As soon as you and, press the button on. Yeah, and you start getting those nicks. Yeah. Right? Whereas this, it was in there for about a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And when I tried it, yeah. it was like, f it was at full power. Right. Oh, yeah. right. And even though it didn't last as long, when it, it didn't slowly trickle out of juice, it just stopped. Right, yeah. okay. Which, so which is set more safe yeah, for you. Do you know definitely. what I mean? You get less... That's um, a nice little safety Less feature. error uh, or less sort of opportunity for, for those nicks. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want so that down there. join the revolution and uh, yeah. just like over 2 million men worldwide yeah. who use and Manscaped us. and trust Manscaped, um, like I say, we've got an exclusive offer where you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping uh, using the code NASAPOD at uh, manscaped.com. Well worth it. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't think I'll ever need to buy another one. What you're gonna uh, always yeah. you're gonna stick with Manscaped now? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I and, think the, so. and these were only the first time I've ever used them. So, well. yeah, I think they're cool, really yeah, cool. I do. Well, there you go. Well, this week we're joined on the show by a fantastic guest. He's the author of the book uh, "Devil Take the Hindmost." It's a true story of terror and a harrowing true story of a young boy survival living 12 years with a demonically possessed mother. Um, I'm sure he's got chilling tales to tell. Uh, please join me in welcoming to the show, uh, Michael uh, Gagalardi. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to speak with you guys. I love doing these overseas interviews because you guys have such a different perspective than Americans. You know, Americans, they kind of poo-poo everything you say, you know, because it's, you know, you're so close, you know, but when you're a foreigner, you seem to uh, uh, accept it and be a little more open, uh, you know, to hearing fantastical stories. You know, in America, we have everything. And that's not as not a good thing always. That's I don't think it's that's funny true. to hear that as well, considering, you know, um, America's like, you know, the land of Hollywood land, and, and yeah. fantastic telling fantastic stories. I think I think with the um, especially here in the UK, um, We've been brought up on it, you know. We've we've always had like you know these um, 
myths and legends going way, way back. And it's it's just something that we've always been brought up with and kind of can can um almost believe if in some ways do you know what i mean believe in the in the fantastic and the fairy tales uh, to right. an extent right. do you know what i mean and it, i think like um especially when it comes to the paranormal uh, people just tend to have this sort of um really deep interest in and um i mean me personally um, i i'm one of those people so i mean when i heard about your story i was really interested i've i've wanted to kind of uh find out a lot more and um i'm really pleased that you've um, come on the show to tell us yeah i I'm, like i said it's a it's a pleasure i love i love being able to talk to to talk to people from around the world and it is a crazy story you know it's it's i i i hate to tell it and i love to tell it you know it's a double edged sword it's it's, it's difficult me I, I mean it's taken me 40 years to talk about this and originally i wrote the book uh, just as a legacy for my kids, you know, cause my kids are, you know, 30 years old and I, you know, I wrote it just to, okay, you know, you want to know what happened to your old man? You know, here it is kind of deal. Did you and then when I was writing it, you know, as I got into it, cause I did it over COVID. So it was an eight month ah, right, period. Okay. I mean, did you talk to right. your family prior to writing the book? I mean, did you, I mean, you say uh, it was a legacy for your kids, but I mean, did you, did, did, were they did aware they of it? Of it already? They, they knew parts of it, but they didn't really know the whole story. And, um, you know, my kids were, I have two girls and they were saying, you know, dad, how's the book going? And I would say, oh, it's going good. And then as the months would go by, they said, they would tell me, you know, you should make this public. And I kind of thought about it. And, you know, when something's yours, you know, it's like people hearing your own voice on the radio or something like that. You're like, God, I sound like an idiot, you know, and you think <laughs> yeah. even, no matter how fantastic your story is, you, it's just yours. And you think, God, who wants to hear that crap, you know, but, uh, you well, know, as my hate. girls, yeah, my girls started talking to me and saying, hey, dad, you ne you need to make this public. And I thought about it. It took me probably four months of, of them talking to me about it where I was actually convinced and said, yeah, you know, I, I think I'll, 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 uh, I'll publicize this. My biggest fear at one point, I, I backed away from it because I was afraid that people would go, Oh, you're lying. You're trying to get attention. You're trying to sell books. You're trying to do this and do that. And you know, you know, a child that's broken like me, that's the last thing you need is people rejecting you and telling you you're a liar. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't help your cause any or your mental stability. And I was really kind of put off for that. And then I, I can't remember what it was that actually, I think one of my daughters had said to me that, uh, you know, dad, you know, somebody else could be going through this and feel the exact same way about you. And, you know, we're more open to talk about things nowadays. Yeah. I mean, you saw the sexual scandals with Weinstein and all totally, these, yeah. you know, that go 20, 30 years back. And now well, people are going, it. hey, I'm ready to hear this. Exactly. You know? And it's not only that, it's people are ready to tell their stories as well. After, yeah. I mean, and it'll take, I mean, like in those instances, like um, I, I think that these people don't come out so quickly because they feel like no one's going to believe them or, and it takes people taking that yeah. first step and saying, well, that's happened to me as well. And this is what happened and telling the story for other people yeah. to definitely come forward and say, well, you know, you've given me the strength to come forward and say, 
that happened to me too. So yeah, you are hundred percent right, and your daughters are right. Um, yeah. By by releasing the story and basically putting it out there, I do believe that there are potentially people that can help. So yeah, yeah and is it makes you that. actually feel better for actually releasing it? Yes, because the you know the the response has been you know interviewers like you guys you know have been compassionate have been understanding and, you know, believing. Because like I said, you know, you can tell a story like this. There's so many liars out there trying yeah. to sell books and stuff like that. And and my intention was never to sell books or anything like that. It was just to say, to tell my girls, okay, you know, when you're ready, here's my story if you care. And I didn't even think they even cared, but they kept asking and talking to me. And they're like, dad, this is, this is a profound, profound story. And, you need to talk about this. And that's what really convinced me is, you know, I always used to think it was kind of a cliche when people come out and said, you know, well, I had to have the courage, you know, to talk about this. And I thought, what the heck, that sounds so cheesy, you know, but truly that is now that I'm in that position, you, you are, you know, it's like being an artist, anything, you know, you're afraid of that rejection. You're afraid of somebody casting off your whole entire life with just a shrug of the shoulders and going, well, that's bull crap. Yeah. You know, I, think, I mean, I it's think so that's easy the same in a lot of aspects of life, isn't it? I think, I think you, no matter what you're doing, if you're putting yourself out there, um, then yeah. there is always, always that, criticism. there's always that, um, that's right. you know, um, n- you know, negative person who's going to be a bit kind of like, what are you doing that for? Or what I don't, they don't understand it. Yeah. So, so it's, so it, and it's been like you say poo pooed and it's 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 cast aside. But I mean, I, I do believe that obviously. I think obviously on in some respects as well. I mean, regardless of whether you um, believe the paranormal aspects of your story, I mean, you could totally put that into um, you know people will be helped from a mental health standpoint, you know, and take yes. parallels mm. from what happened and yeah. you know maybe be able to kind of not explain things that way but be able to um, add some answers to the questions that you well, all want yeah yes. kind of and it, a, yeah and a survivor story survivors i mean when i finished the book i was tentative about about uh, publishing it but i had actually talked to i don't know if you know marty stalker from belfast He's a producer. He did uh, he did the documentary Hostage to the Devil oh, right, about Malachi okay. Martin. And he's okay. are they interested in kind of um, looking into the story? Yes, I actually talked to him, and he, and he was the one that kind of was very um, accepting of me because I figured that you know here's a guy that studied for six years about Malachi Martin and all the exorcists. He's he's not going to be put off my by my book, he's going to understand my story. He's going to have some sympathy. And when he accepted it and said, Hey, listen, Michael, you you know, this is really something. And then we still communicate and correspond to this day. That's kind of what got me over the hump, you know, about the public, because he was the first public person that actually talked to me and said, listen, you know, I believe you, you know, you got to get your story out there, man, you know, and uh, that's really, you know, other than my family, no one knew about it. So, no one knew about it. So how did it so all... So Marty kind of helped oh, me. So how did it all come about then? I mean, I mean, you were 12... So obviously it was you were 12 when this all came to a head. 
But I mean, as a young, as a even younger child, I mean, what were your kind of, what was your thinking? I mean, what was going on around you that kind of made you think that there's something wrong here? I'll start, I'll start from the beginning and, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I was an extremely uh, alive, sensitive and analytical child. And I don't know if it was because of the situation or I was just like that. But by the time I was three years old, um, the first incident that happened, we were living in Toronto in a, in a, um, a tall apartment building. We were on the 11th floor and, you know, I, I, my family's Italian. So, you know, at lunchtime, when you're a kid, you eat uh, pasta fazule or pastina, you know, it's like little star soup, you know, with the ricotta in it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds lovely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody kind of has some version of that. And my, my mother would call me to the table and the soup would always be on the table. This, this one afternoon, she called me to the table. I sat down at the table and it wasn't there. And she came up behind me and poured the scalding soup all down my shoulder. And I was screaming. It was just, you know, scalding hot. I was screaming. She never said a word to me. She ended up calling the taxi. A taxi came, picked us up. She took me to the doctor, never comforted me, never held me, never touched me never said any encouraging words. We went to the doctor, he bandaged me up or whatever he did, and then uh, took me home. And that was the beginning of the trauma for me. That was the starting point of it all. And from that point on, my mother, she never touched me. She never held me. She never uh, displayed affection toward me. Something was clearly wrong. And we're talking, this is uh, like 1971. You know, I was three, I think, in 1971. And then from from there, we moved into a house in Toronto. And then here's, I have an older sister. She's seven years older, so I kind of tapped her for some information about the years when I was really young. And she said it was around that time that things started getting weird. My mother would, she'd see things around the house. She claimed there was little people running around the house. She heard voices. And this was the beginning of it. And by the time I was five years old, we moved a hundred miles away, which was odd because my dad worked in the city that we were living in. So we moved 110 miles away and then he had to drive all the way back down to where we used to live to go to work. So it wasn't a case so that, of that you've moved because it was, um, you know, you were relocating for your father's employment or anything like that. It was a case of that you just were moving to get away from something Um, To get away from something. I don't know what that is to this day because my family, especially the Italian side, you know, they don't talk. You know, they're old school. They don't talk. You don't talk about nothing if it's negative. Everything's got to be positive. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's drinking wine, you know, that kind of thing. So when we ended ended up moving uh, 100 miles away to a very rural town, uh, way up on Narwasaga Bay, which is part of Georgian Bay, that's 100 miles north of Toronto, a town of 4,500, I went to kindergarten. And then from kindergarten, here we go. Things, things start to progressively get worse. I would say by the time I was 10 is when it really started getting bad. She was always talking to herself. 
she didn't work. She stayed at home. She was always talking to herself. And, and this is, I'll just kind of take you through to pro the progression. She began talking to herself, which, you know, we all kind of, you know, uh, yeah, we all do occasionally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty yeah. of that, but I mean, but, it's, you can tell if it's for, it was it full blown conversations or was, I mean, did yes. you ever find Memories. that it was like, um, you know, if she was talking, was she answering, um, her own questions, um, is, an, yes. is another point because you find that, yes. you know, talking to yourself and not getting a response or, you know, thinking the response is one thing, but you know, when there's a, a third person, in, you know, it's, it starts to get a bit kind of like, well, it, are you actually yeah. physically talking to somebody or are you talking to yourself? So, you know, um, so was that, yeah. was that the case in some cases? Yeah. Well, that was the case always. And the progression, it got worse and worse. So she went from talking to herself in a normal voice, you know, and I'm, I'm talking all day long to talking to herself with different voices different tonalities answering in different tonalities to after a few more years it went into different languages um it became more violent can i it ask became more did your did your mother have an interest in like the occult or paranormal um i mean it sounds because from cases i've kind of read up on um these you know when people have multiple voices um they usually brought in by i mean if if i'm wrong somebody out there will tell me i'm wrong but generally what how i see it is that when multiple spirits or multiple voices are kind of coming into call then it's usually because they've been involved in a seance or some sort of you know spiritual, um, spiritual gathering or like a you know yeah. the ojo boards the ouija boards and you know it's um it kind of reminds me of the if you've ever heard of the case of the enfield hauntings um, when the girl who was supposed, uh, who was possessed in that case was talking, yes. she was, she was talking in, in many different voices, answering questions as that person. Um, but it was more than one entity. If you like, she wasn't yes. being possessed by one spirit. Yes, yes, yes. And this, this is exactly what happened. I mean, my, from talking to my sister, um, m the entry point that we believe is that when my when my mother was around 17 or 18, she lost her father, who she loved and adored, in a tragic train accident. Right, I think right. uh, he stumbled across the train tracks, and the train hit him and cut his legs off and killed him. So it was tragic. Wow. And I, I remember when we were still living in Toronto that, uh, you know, um, my bedroom, you know, you'd leave the door open and, you know, adults talk thinking you don't understand and you don't know, but you retain yeah. those memories and then decipher them later on. I remember them talking about seances, her with her sister. So I believe that my mother tried to contact her father because she loved him so much. My grandmother, who was her mother, she lost it and went partying. Oh, right. Okay. So she, she basically, um, kind of, yeah, went, went off the, off the rails, if you like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then my mother had to take care of her two younger siblings. That must have been and hard for Yes. And I think this is what happened because I remember my aunt, who was my mother's sister, 
she was always into, you know, back in the early 70s, it was swinging and seances and Ouija yeah. boards and, yeah, and yeah. you know, these kind of things of the time. That's and what I remember hearing she, talk of that. Yeah, so she must so, have been kind of like had an interest in these things to basically... Um, yes, yeah, yeah, well, the Dexter Fiverr would Bob? have spurred it on as well. Well, this is the thing. It was yes. pop. It was a popular thing to do, wasn't it? So, I mean, if like you say, yes. if she's got this sort of, um, um, you know, devotion to a dad, and you know, she's um, possible connection to try and actually have a last talk yes. with him, or or something. She was or the other I'm way told. round. Or the other way round. I mean, it's like we talked about um, spirits having unfinished business. I mean, maybe potentially the the spirit needed to speak to her for some reason rather than the other way round. Do you know, like why? You know, and potentially does mm. these uh, maybe had an interest in those types of practices to find out why. So, I mean, it might not be a case of that she was trying to contact him for a reason. It could have been the either or, really, couldn't it? Can I yeah. ask? Uh, sure. Did she? Um, did your mother actually have um, a mental health uh, checkup? Never. It was a different never. time back then as well. Um, I oh, think yeah, in terms yeah, no, but of men, never, how mental but health just, was approached back in in um, the yes. like 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even early 80s, is totally oh, yeah. different how it's um, looked at now. I think it's like only in the last, say, 20 years that mental yeah. health's really, you know, um, yeah. started to be taken seriously, you know, and not just uh, um, like, well, electroshock therapy or whatever, do you know, like whatever, yeah. lobotomization, you know, which was what yeah. the, which was standard practice back in the early, early days of looking at mental health. And gathering that's yeah. why she didn't actually go and actually be tested because of all that. Well, we, we believe this and then they just basically threw you in a nut house and locked the door and left you there for like to do whatever you had to do. Well, that's what we all thought for, mm. for quite a while. We all thought, oh, mom's just crazy, and we ignored it. But it got to the point, it got to the point by the time I was 15 or 16, it, it got so bad, and the whole thing changed. I mean, she went from talking in these multiple voices to talking in these guttural. I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever experienced talking in uh, tongues. Well, uh, no, more, more aggressive, like more, would you say more um, masculine um, voice, the tones? If, like, if, if you you've like. ever heard the tapes of the Annalisa Michelle case, very okay. much like that, but m all kinds of voices, multiple conversations. It was a freaking circus. And then she'd go in the, in the split second, go from singing hymns, and then whistling songs in perfect, you know, and she would do this sitting in her chair. This would happen from from the hours of the morning until dusk. And how old and was dusk, how old was your mother at this point in her life? If you if you don't mind she me, she was in her she was in her late thirties and forties. Okay, so like so she, she actually wasn't... died at forty six. Right. Okay. And that's a that's a crazy story, but uh, it started getting so bad. And then I started hearing all these bangings in the walls and, and she would be in her room. Like soon as dusk would come, this is when it started to get really bad. She would, during the daytime, she would sit in her chair, do these conversations, you know, I mean, it was just a circus right, and okay. she'd be whacking herself on the chest with a big log because we had a fireplace. What? 
She would get along for the, and she would be whacking herself on her chest. I mean, the thuds were tremendous. She'd just be whack, whack, whack. And she would do this for 14 hours a day. I would actually leave in the morning. So, yeah, I would leave in the morning and come back in the after, in, in late afternoon. And where I'd be parking my bike, I could hear the thuds from outside. So was were all the all these um, occurrences really just surrounding your mother? I mean, did you find that there was anything happening in the house that was? You said that you were hearing like bangs in the walls and stuff, but were there any other paranormal um, activity going on in the house, like you know items moving or kind of any sort of like anything that you could put down to an external force rather than physically your mother? You know, so if you, we didn't see anything move, but when dusk came, she would retreat to her room and then I would hear banging on the walls and the floor because we had a sub floor because we had a basement. So, you know, if you hit your foot on the ground, you hear, you know, you hear the noise throughout the whole house. Yeah. We would hear all this banging and I would it sounded like three people wrestling and I go, what the hell? And I'd run into her room really quick and I'd open the door and she'd be lying in her bed with the, with the covers pulled up to her eyes. Right. So this, whatever moving. was going on in the room wasn't, wasn't her. And I was like, and it, you know, this is oh, when gosh. it all began to get very, very wicked and very evil. She began blaspheming. She began screaming in the middle of the night. I mean, blood curling screams. And it got so bad that this went on all day long and at nighttime. She, it's like she never slept. So I had to sleep with an armoire pulled, pushed up against the door. I did this for probably eight years. And I slept with a hockey stick because, you know, we're Canadians. Yeah, so we have hockey sticks. Of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and I slept in my bed in a fetal position. And I wore holes right down to the springs from my hip, my knee, my ankle, and my shoulder from being in the same position every night holding the hockey stick. And this is how I slept every night for seven or eight years. So you were obviously... Go on, sorry. My sister locked herself in her room. So you were both fearing for... You were both fearing for your safety at this point then. So, I mean... Oh, it... I mean, did you... Did did you not report this to anybody? I mean, what was the situation there? I mean, did you just feel like you couldn't or was you being protective of your mother? Um, What was your father's response? Yeah. Well, my father, he's a strange, strange individual, and I love him a lot, but he went through World War II in Italy. Right, okay. So he grew up in a refugee camp and then in government housing. He was one of seven children. So he's been through the mill, hasn't he, your dad? Like, you know, he's he's seen a bit of everything, seen it all, really. Yes, so he has his own PTSD issues. You know, he saw, you know, his donkey was blown up in front of him and all the guts went on him and his family while they were hiding from the Nazis. And so he was, he only had a fourth grade education, you know. So, and like I told you, he was working in Toronto, so he was never home. Right, okay. And he'd only come home for a few hours on the weekend and then leave. So he was never part of any of this, though he knew she was not well. That it was your sister, basically. To look yes, after. yes. And, you know, this happened so slowly over the years that we didn't, I never even thought, even as a teenager, that there was something wrong because it, it was gradual. 
This thing was gradual. I never went to school and went, oh my God, you should see what's happening at my house. Never even crossed my mind. Was there no kind of, um, was there no sort of, um, like anybody in the neighborhood who, well, just anybody in the neighborhood who kind of picked up on the odd behavior and kind of, you know, looking out for you guys, you and your sister. I mean, was nobody kind of uh, there to kind of try and put a stop to it? village to look, look after a child. Well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Um, my mother would knock on the doors of all of our neighbors and tell them when they open the door, I'm going to cut your head off. Oh. So the police, the police were always coming to our house. This wasn't something that was hidden. They didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So eventually, by the time I think I was 15, um, I was leaving one morning and it was spring. So, you know, we have a mud room in Canada because you have the, you know, the snow, you take your boots off. It's just a little tiny four by four room. So you have a door to the living room and then two doors to outside. Yeah. When I left for school that morning, I left the living room door open. I left the, uh, you know, the main exterior door open and the screen door was left ajar because it stuck. It never clicked. And when he clicked it, you had to hit it a few times to open up the screen door. That morning, my mother was in the kitchen. She grabbed a butcher knife. She yelled at my sister that you're a witch. And she ran after her with the butcher knife. And my sister, only because I left the doors open, was able to make it outside. And my mother chased my sister around the car and the neighbors saw and heard her screaming for her life. They called the police, the police came, the mental institution came and they took her away in a, in a, in a straitjacket. Right. So, so now it's getting real, obviously it's got to the point now, now where, really bad. where the authorities are involved. So, so yes. that your sister was a witch. No, she, 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 yeah, was, she was saying that my sister was a witch and that she had to die. She had to die because so, this is what the voices told her. Right, okay. But so she's the, having some sort of trauma there where she's basically come to the conclusion that it's, I don't know whether your sister is responsible for something or is, I don't know. Like well, you say, the voices have just basically give her this sort of reasoning to, to go and do this I mean, and all that as well crazy. she's gonna be totally like not aware of anything around all that i should imagine so at this point you know here we go we uh she's now attempted murder and i'm a minor my sister i think was 18 at the time she left that was it even though my mother went to a mental institution after three months she came back they allowed her to come back into a house with a minor, which was shocking. So yeah. is that a case no of that she services. was started behaving in, in in while she was in um, custody? I mean, what did the did oh, the yeah, behaviour not subside? Because I mean, you, from what you're telling us, it sounds quite extreme from when she was in the house. I mean, is yes. there anything special about the house in particular? I mean, I know you say you moved a hundred miles away, but. Was there well, any was, sort of well, well? No, I'm thinking. Was there any sort of family connection, any sort of inheritance, or was it a house that you bought because you you moved there, or how did you come about the house? I, I mean, well, no, the, the the house itself was actually built by our neighbor. They they built a house next door, and then they moved into that one, and then we moved into this one. So right, it was okay. only uh, 
second time owner and they were the, but what was started already in Toronto was just progressing more and more and more when, when we got up there, it, it got so bad by the time when she came back, it started even getting worse. She would be sitting in her chair all day, whacking herself with one hand with the, uh, with a boot, with a boot on her head. She would hitting herself with a boot and then the other hand with a log. And then she would lift up her leg as high as she could and then just dead drop it. And she would do this for 16 hours a day until the, when soon as dusk came, then she'd retreat to her room. And then here came the screaming the screaming and the pounding, and I don't know what the hell was going in there. I always tried to, to catch her off guard by running in the, by running into her room, uh, and and always she'd be lying in the bed still. I mean, and I'm like, what, what would you was what was you expecting to see? I mean, it's like obviously as a young child, you got a, a, a vivid imagination. You sat in your room and you can hear these noises. I mean, you've well, trying to say you teenager. wanted to catch her off guard. I mean, yeah. I mean, even as a fifteen-year-old, I mean, I could, I could. Uh, I mean, if it was me in that position, I'd be like gearing myself up to kind of Thinking burst into so that room things. to think, what am I going to come across <clears throat> if if I do happen yes. to see something? Do you know? And how am I going to deal with it if I do come face to face with this? Pass on? You know, um, yes, this entity. It could pass on. Well, I, I was well, going to ask point, as well, actually, because, I mean, I know your, your mother was saying, like, about your daughter and saying that she was a witch. But, I mean, do you not, did you not worry that whatever it was, that if it was a possession case, uh, that one of these uh, one of these spirits could affect yourself or your sister in, in a negative way? No, that never crossed my mind. It, it got, by the time I was in the 10th grade, I... I from kindergarten to the 10th grade, I was an academic student. I won every award. I was an overachiever. I was the captain of every team. By 10th grade, I was losing it. Right. I could not handle the stress of this constantly every day. I mean, I would leave. I would leave in the morning and go hike up the river, sometimes sleep under a tree so it was affecting your academics then as well wasn't it because i mean it's not only affecting your home life but i mean it's like the repercussions of it and the kind of the sleep deprivation and everything and the worry about your your family unit and you're going to school and trying to excel in 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 whatever you are trying to excel in it's it is going to have an impact there's definitely going to be a a a degrading a degrading in your grades um, in your motivation, in in just kind of your um, your social. So is that your escape, sort of your escapism of um, uh, working hard at school and what you're doing, so um, you'd get home and like it's like a sort of like a different life. Well, I was, I guess, it. I was trying to impress someone who was never there. I wanted my parents to know that I was good in school and doing well, but you know. I, I excelled for no one. No one. I got no. Well, yeah, I was just about to say. I mean, if if you you should always. I mean, obviously you you try and make your parents proud or whatever. But ultimately, if you if yeah. you're going out to try and achieve yourself. something, do it for yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, first yeah. and foremost. I mean, during all this, I was growing up by myself. I was doing my own laundry at eight years old. Sounds like you I got, was, had a lot on your plate. A hell of a lot. Oh, well, I had, we had, we had no food because she was a, she ate like an animal. It got to the point where we had to take all of our food and put it down in the basement in a freezer and put a chain on it 
because l- let me just set the scene for you. She was five feet tall mm-hmm. and she was probably 260 pounds. She voraciously ate like an animal. I'd never seen anything like it. She was, it was inhuman. And then what happened one particular day, this is what changed everything. This is what changed everything. I happened to come home. It was in the summer. I was coming to, we have a basement and there's two ways to get to the basement. One from inside the house, you go down the stairs, one from outside the house. I was coming in from outside the house. I parked my bike, came down the stairs and I saw her downstairs with a hacksaw trying to cut the chain off the freezer. The only thing I could think of to say was I yelled, Hey, she turned around. She looked at me and snarled at me like an animal. Her eyes were just these black holes. And then she dropped the hacksaw and went running upstairs. And when I say running upstairs, you're talking about a woman who's as wide as she is tall. Right. She was five feet tall, like 260 pounds. I don't know if you can imagine that kind of body shape. Yeah. But she ran upstairs. And for some reason, I was absolutely drawn to the terror of it. I was terrified, but I wanted this to end. By 10th grade, you know, I think I was 16 when this happened. I was done. Was you I want more you frustrated. Me or I kill you. Was it more, was it a frustration by that point? Because obviously, you know, you've been going through this behavior, um, having to deal with this behavior. Um, was this, was you on your own with your mother by this point as well? Because you say your sister's left. Yes. Um, your dad's never, never home. So you're in a house um, with a, a woman who you, you don't trust at this point, let's face it. Um, and like and it, you say, especially if you're sleeping with a hockey stick and pushing yes. uh, furniture up against your door to try and, you know, keep yourself protected. Um, was there any, I mean, you said about the incident about the soup, but I mean, was there any other incidents where you felt physically um, scared for your life or threatened? Yeah. Well, she, she, when I put the armoire against the door, she came every, sometimes, usually just once a night. And she would come and rattle my door to try and get in. And then when she couldn't get in, she'd be screaming, going down the hallway and whacking herself. I could hear the thuds. And, and there was one, I say this in my book, there was one, one, I think it was the very first time it happened. Very first time it happened. She opened my door and I stood up, I got up out of bed and then she closed the door really quick. And then I went and opened the door and we had a really long hallway and as I was looking down the door, I could see her walking down the hallway because the moon was really bright. I mean, it sounds like a horror movie because it really was. She was whacking herself with this log and screaming and shaking her head back and forth, you know. And I, I was just at that point, I was completely traumatized. And that's when I began to put the, the, the armoire and the really, really bad stuff where I was putting the armoire, that was like four and a half years. And this four and a half year period, this never stopped. She was screaming, hitting herself, talking in these languages back and forth in all different tones. Uh, this went on for at least four and a half years. But the incident, I'll finish the story about when I went downstairs and I chased her up the stairs. She went up the stairs you know, so quick when I caught her, you know, hacksawing the chain, you know, I, I went after her. She beat me. I'm 16 years old. I'm six foot, half inch. 
you know, and I'm thin as a rail. I'm 126 pounds. She so it's like beat she had me a superpower of speed. Yes, she beat me up the stairs. She went into her room. She slammed the door so hard that it sucked all the air out of the whole house. It, the, all the windows were shaking and the, the door depressed. So she was leaning against the door. I was trying to open the door. You know, I was much stronger than her. I couldn't open the freaking door. I was trying to pry the door handle. You know, I was in a state not of just shock, but I was, I was, you know, you mentioned, was I frustrated? No, I wasn't frustrated at all. This was life or death to me. Either she, either I had to kill her or she had to kill me. This is where we were after all these years. I couldn't deal the PTSD the trauma of it was was killing me. I was falling apart. I was falling apart. So I tried shaking the door handle. I couldn't move the door handle. So I, I could hear her snarling behind the door, like going like this, like this. And, you know, she was a very short lady with high vocal cords. She had short vocal cords. She had a very high voice. And it was so, and I was just like, I was drawn to the evil. I was drawn to it. It was like, it's you or me now. This is it. So what happened was I waited there for 10 minutes. I stood there in silence. And then I saw the door depress because she was leaning up against the door. It was one of those doors that was a cheap door. It's really light, so it's hollow inside. Yeah, like so, a plywood. Yeah, I could see the depression, her depressing the door. When she stood back from the door, I, I saw the door become loose now and the handle become loose. So, you know, I kind of like, you know, I, you know, kind of like moved my fingers a little bit, getting ready. You know, you kind of prepare yourself. I, I swung open the door. And at that very second, she was, she was in a gnarled grin. And I saw the left side of her temple and her eyebrow bulging. It was bulging and like like you press a balloon on one side and the other side becomes bigger. That's so, exactly what was going on in her forehead, on the left side of her face so only. Would you, so and her would you eyes, say that, she had no pupil. Would you say at she this point no you felt like mm-hmm. this was definitely a demonic possession rather than Absolute. a mental health or anything Absolute. like that? I would that. say through speed and like you were saying there about looking like you know someone trying to get out well so i mean yeah. well that's kind of a conflicting thing then isn't it because on one hand i mean like um if it can explain the fact that this is why your your mother's behaving this way yeah and she's in distress if you like she's being possessed and um you know it mustn't be held a very a very anything. yeah held captive you're not having a, a pleasant experience mm. are you i mean what we, how did you how did that make you feel i mean did you not think well you know yeah, she's doing these things to me. She's making me feel this way. But if it can be explained by an, an exter- external force, another person or another influence, it, it can't, you know, well, what can, by sounds I mean, of things. I mean it is it, is it not, not that protection of your mother over, you know, I mean, was there any sort of uh, research into how to combat it? No, I, it never crossed my mind what was going on. Never crossed my mind I, because it happens so gradual. It's like the frog in the boiling water. You know, you yeah. turn up the temperature and you don't realize it. I, I like I like I say. You know, I would never go to school and say, "Oh my God, you can't you can't believe what's happening in my house." I never said a word to anybody. It, it was it was as if it was like it was completely normal, right? Even though it's extremely abnormal, 
it was completely normal. So, um, you know, so, I mean, was there ever any sort of, um, you know, exorcism? I mean, obviously, um, you've seen, you know, you must have been aware of like the, the, the movie, um, The Exorcist. I mean, did you not ever draw any sort of conclusions that, you know, she might need this um, attention? Or any, other, any other government nope. departments as well? Nope. Never, never crossed my mind. I had, like I said, it was the weirdest thing. And if you talk to children that grow up in traumatic situations, they don't know what's wrong. To yeah. be honest, a yeah. lot of them, a lot of them yeah. um, block a lot of it out as well. So, you know, yeah. it's a case of they, they just, they, they don't. no father there. So it's just me and her. And the police were there all the time. She set the house on fire several times. The fire department was there. She threw, she burned everything in the house. I had no clothes no no toys no nothing everything that came into the house she threw in the fire i had nothing i i was wearing girls clothes that were handed down that my dad would give me from his six brothers and sisters kids you know and i was stealing food there was no food in the house i stole food in the winter time from the kids at school i made up all these elaborate schemes to go into the lunch you know, into the closets where kids kept their lunches and steal food. And in the summertime, I stole out of gardens. I stole vegetables out of gardens and went down and washed them at the creek. I never attributed that any of this was demonic, was even abnormal. I was just living my life, you know, and well, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I was in abject terror. So I, I was... You know, when this when this thing, when I when she opened the door and I saw her head bubbling... And I, and I saw her eyes that she had no iris. I ran outside. She chased me. I, she slammed the door. You know, she didn't follow me outside. I went outside and I was shaking so bad. I, I tried to talk to myself and I, I was going, <laughs> I couldn't say one saying. word. Was there no one you could turn yeah. to at that point? I mean, what did you do after, I mean, you, you're outside, you, I mean, I wouldn't want to be going back into the house at all at this no. point now. That'd be me. Well, this I'd is be what done. happened. I, I, I tried to gather myself. See, our phone was right inside the second uh, mudroom door. It was right inside. So I just opened the door to see if she was there. She wasn't there. The phone had a long cord. I grabbed the whole phone and I took it outside. You know, those were the days of rotary dial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for 20 know. minutes, got one. <laughs> I tried to dial the phone number where I knew my dad was because he had yeah. a girlfriend at the time and he happened to be there that day. I think it was a Saturday afternoon. Oh, right. So your dad was your dad just popping in to check on the kids at this point? I mean, it sounds like your dad's basically left your mother. He's, yeah, he, he's absent. He's completely abandoned. He's gone. He's gone. He'd just show up maybe for a few hours on a Saturday, yeah. you know, and then be gone, you know. But I was trying to dial the phone. It took me 20 minutes to dial the phone because I couldn't get my finger into the rotary, into the hole to yes. dial the number. Yeah. I was so yeah. traumatized. And his girlfriend answered the phone after 20 minutes. I finally got the number. I dialed it wrong probably 12 times. Um, she got on the phone and I was just, <laughs> you know, she, she recognized my voice. She put my dad on. I couldn't really say anything. And he said, okay, I'm on my way over. He came over. He tried to talk to me. I couldn't really say anything, but mom, you know, I got out. I suppose I if he's, he, he knows house. what the situation is, he probably had a, a pretty kind of good idea 
about yeah, no you know you, yeah, you no were clue. definitely in yeah, um, no clue in, how deep it was and how he had no clue demonic. because it was so how was she so behaving bad. how was she behaving on those saturday afternoons when he did come round? i mean it, it's, it's strange to because obviously what you say about when she was um taken away and put in a, a, a an institute that she was released after three months i mean it, it you know, it seems that it was um, she was able to turn it off and on, or if it is a possession that these um, they go away are, when they know that they're, they're yeah, but they're playing games, something. aren't they? It's like yeah. you know, if it, yes. it's almost like a proof thing. It's like you know, so we've all done that thing where we've we've learned a new skill and we go to show our friends and we say, hey, check what I can do, and then you you don't do it, you you don't you do yeah. it bad. She signed herself in, so she to, would, right. oh right, okay, yeah, institute. And let me tell you an interesting story about this. I, when I was researching for my book, I actually called that mental institution and I said, I want the records. And they said, well, from the 70s and 80s, they would have been destroyed. And I said, and I had the lady on the phone and she said, well, you know, just just give me your name. Sometimes we might keep them. Who knows? And she's typing in her. I can hear her clacking, you know, on her computer. And she goes, oh, she goes, how weird. She goes, we kept all of her records and they're archived off campus. Because they're a strange and case. Said, it's an odd case, isn't it? That's That'll be yes. why. And they I wouldn't said, have kept them otherwise. Yeah. And she, she said, I'll go get them and I'll call you back. Well, she never called me back. I ended up calling back and I said, I want those records. Oh, no, there's no records. Really? Oh, there's no records. No, oh. no, no, no. No records. We don't know what you're talking about. We don't know anything. So... Something happened, and I talked to an exorcist who was in Canada during that period of time, so he knows the protocol. He told me that something had happened, would have happened, when she was in the mental institution to sequester her records away. That was policy back then. They would have archived her records or else they would have thrown them away because it was just – build up a paper yeah yeah, yeah. i mean most most companies will get rid of them but i mean if it's if it's an a, a strange or um interesting case it's um you know they do it in hospitals where it's like you know they'll have a staff photographer for instance where like if there's a something um that the doctors have never seen before they take yeah, special note of that more. and they'll 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 get that put into a special archive so to, for them to say that Literally none of the records from that era have survived apart from one or two files and your mothers are included does suggest that there was something. Something uh, there. Something and there. have you tried chasing it up more to see if... Yes, uh, and I'm going to do it this week. I called last week, actually. And, uh, oh, no, I can't. Uh, the right person for, for looking those up isn't here. You know, I. but I, the, the interesting thing is when I had that lady on the phone, she she and in real time put it in the computer and she says well how weird she says those are archived all your mother's um uh, um uh, files have been archived off campus and i'll go get those for you and then the next time i call she never calls me back have, and then have I you actually speak, spoken sudden, to the same woman is it the same woman you're speaking to as well because she did seem quite helpful um from your yeah, first instance do you know but i don't then... remember her name and that was one thing i hit myself about that I don't remember. I always do that. You've got two records there as well because you've got the uh, the uh, the records that were actually filed away, and you've actually got the records now that are on the computer. So that it 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 must there must be a trace on that record on the computer. Especially if yes. there's police records as well. I mean, mm. uh, uh, you know, I I assume that if she was um, that much of a kind of 
um, not problem, but you know, problem for the, the case uh, for the police. Like they would have had a file on on her. Do you know, basic on all of her activities. Do you know, anytime the police were yeah. involved in an incident, they would have had those on file. Um, same with the fire brigade. If you know, there was several fires and they were they had to intervene. Um, so. Um, I mean, so you've you said that you've spoken to an exorcist since. Um, do you feel like you 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 could have gone down that route? I mean, as a as a fifteen year old, you probably don't realize what's going on, and you probably think, you know, like you say, you had no clue because it was so gradual. But you know, in retrospect, would you think that you know would you have gone down that road? Well, you know, since then, for the last forty years. I've studied every possession case from the 13th century and on. I've listened to every transcript. I've read every transcript. I listened to every tape. I can even tell, like when you listen to the Annalise Michelle Michelle uh, tapes, I can hear the exact same gate in her voice as I did in my mother's. There is there is a speech that they use. There is a gate. You know, when you walk, people have a certain gate. Mm-hmm. Well, you have that in speech, too. And you have these, you know, demons use these inflections. Inflections, they use this gate, and they've got this type of speech that you can hear all the familiarities because they all say the same things. They all say the same. They have absolute hate. They have absolute rebellion. They're blasphemous. And they all speak the same language because of their nature. And when I've heard these tapes and looked at all these transcripts for possession tapes, you know, of course, there's a bunch of hoaxes out there. But the ones that are real, the ones that that went, oh, my gosh, we have no explanation for this. You know, all of them have the exact same features. Yeah. So we're, my not, mother. we're not talking like, you know, um, ghostly possession or spiritual possession, no. like in that respect, you're talking demonic. So, you know, like, um, you know, not just, yes. not just being possessed by the spirit of, of a dead relative or a ghost for say, you're talking um, entities Multiple that are, entities. yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's so bizarre, isn't it? The whole thing. I mean, I do believe what you're saying there because, I mean, in the cases that I've looked into, you are right. They do all have the same sort of pitch tone, um, how the things they say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, they're all very um, aggressively, uh, you know, explicit, you know, unnecessarily, really. I mean, I was saying actually to Taylor a couple of weeks ago, you never get a pleasant... Uh, possession cases do you where it was a helpful no. possession uh they are they do seem to be uh the negative side and i think that you know there that must be some good chaos there is some evil there is it the that, you know, without the other if you're married and if you've been married for a long time there's even no way that your wife could just could uh, hide her voice you know no, yeah you know her voice in a crowd yeah okay well, after 12 years of hearing demonic speech, my brain and my mind, I can hear the familiarities. I can tell people that are demonically possessed by the way they speak. I can hear. It's like a mother language. It's like, you know, you know English because you grew up, you heard it being spoken. You know, you can tell somebody who's from Cockney compared to somebody who's from Manchester, compared to somebody who's from Derbyshire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that little bit of dialect. Maybe maybe it's just one word. 
well, that's what I can hear in demonic speech because I've heard it for so long. I heard it for hours a day for over 12 years. My mother, I heard them arguing inside her, arguing for possession of her, just like in the Annemarie's Michelle case. Yeah. You know, and you know, there was two, I'll tell you this, there was two lucid times that my mother in 30 seconds reached out to me that the madness stopped and she looked at me and she said to me, they're coming into me. They run up the back of my spine and they perch in my head and then snap. And she'd go right back into it. There were two times where in 30 seconds she went lucid and she sounded like my mother. And I've never heard my mother speak. I've never heard my mother speak normally in my entire life, except for those two incidences. And when the police would come over, I would hear from the other room, the police interviewing her. Oh no. Oh no, officer. There's nothing going on. There's nothing. Everything's fine. Everything's normal. Those were the only times I ever heard my mother speak in a normal voice and speak like a normal person. It almost I kind never of puts, remember. I mean, obviously, if you're kind of, um, you know, say if you're the guy who reported your mother in these instances and the police have shown up for, for these reasons, then, I you know, it kind of puts, well, well, whoever phones the police, it's almost casting them into a doubt as well, do you know, because obviously when the police attend and you've got this perfectly lucid woman saying, you know, would you like a cup of tea, officer? And, you know, everything's perfectly fine. Then the you know, where they're not going to take the next incident as serious. They're going to be like, that, it's That's just right. a hoax. The they're not going to bother coming around, you know. when That's uh, right. They're um, crafty, intelligent mm. entities, and they want to hide. See, this is what they did in my mother. She ate herself to death. You know, like in the Annalise Michelle case, she star they starved her to death. She ate like a voracious animal. And when, when, when... Uh, I remember the fire department coming in and going to our fireplace, which was four feet away from my mother who's sitting in her chair. She's still whacking herself with a log and they ran right by her, right by her. We're talking a tiny room and they're, you know, a bang in the bang in the chimney because the chimney's glowing red hot. And they got guys on the roof tearing stuff off, trying to, because she threw everything in the fire. She never even stopped when the fire department came in. But when somebody spoke to her of authority, she, then she became lucid. And, and, and when she, she went to the mental institution two times, the second time was the culmination of what I told you about when my dad came over. Yeah. Well, my dad opened the door. He, she grabbed her, him threw him to the ground and started scratching his face and snarling like an animal. He was completely taken off guard. My dad was five, seven, probably 170 pounds at the time could easily overtake her. She threw him down like a doll. So she's she expressing him, strength that she up. doesn't possess usually. Yes. Yeah. When he and was she, able to break away, he ran outside and I ran outside with him and he was in shock because he didn't know what happened. He was in absolute shock. And then he called the police department and then the mental institution came and took her away in a straitjacket for the second time. And then three months later, she came back. So can what, I ask on, if Taylor. it was a religious um, uh, uh, institution that she was put in and uh, had you ever attempted to um, put a Bible near her or even a cross and what if you did, what her reaction would be? No, we had none of those in the house. 
Nothing right. like that in the house. She was actually excommunicated as a Jehovah's Witness years before. Okay. So there were none of those kind of objects or anything in our house. We were a non-religious family. Right, okay. So, well, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously the fact that you're non-religious, um, but... Gives more power to the demon, doesn't it, yeah, really? Because there's nothing to stop them from carrying on what they're well, doing. Yeah, exactly. There was I mean, no it's not like the power of Christ no or anything like that. No yeah. one... No one confronted the ent- entities. See, that's the whole thing. We see that in the Bible. Jesus confronts the entities, yeah. you know, and boom, they're gone. Yes, no the only one who can destroy him. Well, yes, this is it because if you were of you know if you were a house of faith, then you know the um, the logic. Well, to be honest, I mean, we, I come from a house which is like you know my parents uh, were you know one thing, but never imposed it on us. But like you know, um, we grew up in a house which wasn't very religious, but. In the sense that if we were devout, you know, and somebody in the household was kind of expressing these sort of symptoms of, you know, demonic possession, then it'd be straight up the church, see the priest, see the vicar, get them round to kind of see what they could do. And when you come from a, um, a world where that's not in, you're not kind of um, interested in the religion side of things, then it's not even going to enter the mind, isn't it, to kind of bring bring um, somebody into, into it, yeah. well yeah I mean it depends whether you believe religion or not for a start but obviously if you and were from a family like that um, and you were in a similar situation then you would have that sort of you'd, you'd assume you'd have that protection do you know and I mean yeah. it, this is a thing it's like it is a tragic story because I mean obviously it's like it's a, it's sad because um Obviously, there was obviously family problems there. Um, it sounds like you were brought up pretty much to fend for yourself, you know, and it's... it's yeah, I thought you did a really good job as well, to be honest. So, to be fair, to I mean, it, I think it, it's one of those situations where when once your sister had left, it was down to you, and if you don't know um, how to deal with it, then it's just a case of just letting it run its course, isn't it? I mean, how did it all end yeah. up coming to a, a head? I mean, what what... So was it just the case that your father took you away from there? Was was you still living in the house the second time she came back after the three month period away? No, she no. That's not what happened. She she after three months she signed herself out. She came right back home. Social services. I mean, how how is that able? I mean, with a minor in the house. Yeah, you yeah. Got all these multiple police and, and nobody. Even the doctors, her own doctors. No, everybody covered it up because no one knew What's what the hell it? was going on. No, this was beyond their diagnosis, you know, and this is how these demonic cases are. They're beyond, they can't figure it out, you know, because they're looking inside the box for the answers and the, bo- and the answers are not in the box. Totally. So they can't find the answers, you know, they don't know what to do. So they try to cover it up. Social services told me, Oh, you're, you're into music and stuff. Well, you basically, you should just run away. That's what they were telling me. Seriously. They just wanted me. Yeah. They wanted me out of the house. So they didn't have to deal with this because they were responsible for this and they did nothing. Time and time again, the police would come to our house, the mental institution, she'd be right back. And I was at one point, I was so sarcastic and angry. I said, so the only time you're going to do anything is if I come to your office here with a knife in my back. Yeah. That's this, the exact well, this, words it, I said to them. Well, you find this more often than not in a lot of different situations where it's yeah. like your p- victims report these incidents and not just, I mean, I'm not just talking about, um, you know, incidents like your you've had. 
uh, but you know um, all types of incidents and they report it and it doesn't um, get um, picked up on or investigated and then for they hide it away. and it, it comes yes. to the point where it, it takes the victim to be murdered for them to start yes. taking it seriously because and actually putting out an it investigation. Is, the it is to believe. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. You I know? mean, it, it, we live in a we live in a world now where, you know, I think um everything's got to be considered and you know, if 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 you can't explain it, then there's obviously got to be an explanation. And um, I mean, we we go on that motto, what was it? You know, if you it's Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? It's like whatever's left if you've looked at all the explanations, it must be true because, you know, you've covered literally every explanation you could possibly think of. Um, whatever's left, if even if it is the fantastic and a bit kind of, you know, a bit Weird. mind-blowing, yeah. then it must be. you can't kind of discount it as, as a possibility. Exactly, yeah. you know. And yeah. I mean, until we know more about, you know, the world and how the spiritual world works... You and know, we then, think we know more than we actually do, and we we, so we, we mess a lot around of with a lot of stuff theorizing, isn't it? Oh at yes, the, at the moment, um, with the way we are, and well, the way we, the place we are in society, in history, you know, yeah. we're not there to know the answers, but you know, we can theorize on whys and wherefores and all the rest of it. I mean, so you know, how did this, how did this come to an end? Then, I mean, so you were a case of that you. You were told to run away. Did you take that advice? No. Uh, what had happened was that the three months were up, and she came right back home again. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. You know, I was going to kill her, or she was going to kill me. And that had been going on for a couple of years. There were actually times where I, I was, I was reaching out for attention so bad that I was going to bomb scare our, our, our my high school because I just didn't know what to do. I didn't even think once about talking to anybody. Never crossed my mind. One teacher by the 10th grade when I started to really, because I started to skip school. Well, I, and I would the support, like I said earlier, the support for chil uh, children in the, uh, you know, earlier on or back in the 70s, 80s, they were, it wasn't as, um, I mean, we, we kind of made a joke about it. It's like it, the, the sort of um, medical attention you'd get in school if you, you know, had a, a, a serious accident would be a wet paper towel on it, you know, and that'd yeah. be, that'd be the, the maximum you'd get. Whereas today we're such kind of nanny so culture much. that we, we literally worry too much if you like, but I mean, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, kids need to be kind of protected in these areas and like, look, you know, if, if these problems at home, they should, that should have been picked up on by a number of people. There were so many failures in your story in terms of uh, yes. people who, yes. who could have intervened um, and helped you. Um, you've got teachers, you've got um, neighbors, you've got people all police, around you, social um, police, social yeah. services, Exactly. And I mean, for the fact that oh, nobody failed. kind of, um, you know, f fought to try and get you and your sister out of that situation, um, it's shocking. I mean, but again, it's, it's the, the world we live in now. I mean, if, you know, the parent would have done even a fraction of that, it would have been those children are being um, taken from that home and being put yeah. into protective custody, protective services. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's sad because there was probably a lot of, um, again, not just, um, you know, into your terms of what was going on, but um, a lot of abuse 
um, sexual abuse, yeah. uh, mental abuse from parents, you know, and it all went, you know, under the rug. And, and nobody kind of, and, and like now, you say, yeah. it's only now yeah. that, you know, people feel like, um, you know, um, somebody makes that first step, comes out and says, you know, do you know what? This happened to me. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, and it's a, I'm putting this story out because hopefully it can kind of give strength to other people who've been in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in certain cases, whistleblowers are the ones who get shot at the end of it because they're trying to, they're trying to <laughs> help society by telling them the truth. And, you right. know, they always get, so how do you think, in the back. how do you think it's affected you over, over your life? Do you feel like you kind of, have, um, it's made you a stronger person? Do you feel like it's are you happy now? You? Are, you, are you a happy person now in your life? You said you've got a couple of kids, a couple of daughters. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I just finished the sequel to this book, which is called The Aftermath. So exactly what you're asking, I wrote about. Okay, cool. Um, it is, it's completely destroyed my life. I mean, I, you know, the, the PTSD over the last 40 years has been so, I mean, I still black out. I blacked out 12 times in the last two years. Oh, shit. I, I, I cannot fall asleep when nighttime comes. I have to medicate myself where I actually get knocked out because when I put my head down on the pillow, I start shaking so bad and my face goes numb. I mean, this is my life. This is my life. I wake up. What wakes me up is my face being numb, right. you know, because the drug's wearing off, you know? And I can't tell you, I, I, I've never been able to hold a job, you know, because I can't sit still. Yeah. I mean, the PTSD, I mean, it's all in my, it's all in my book. It's extreme. I've lived my life ex on the extreme because I can't process life. I can't process routine. I can't process people. I can't be around loud noises. I, you know, everybody's a threat level. I have to be in a room checking out the threat level so of put, everybody. It's put you on edge, hasn't you know? it? Yeah. Yes, because that's how I grew up. I grew up always wondering, you know, where my my mother was in 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 relation to the, a door. Yeah. You know, and or a weapon that I be either he, me or her. So, you know, if she was accessible to one, how would I deal with it? Exactly. Or if yeah. I needed one. So you what? Know? So my whole life is that. What ultimately um, happened with your mother then? I mean, it, it, you know, it was, um, it sounds like you kind of got to a point where you wanted to leave um, and you did. Um, so was she just left on her own to face this deal with it on her own? Well, what happened was that um, my dad sold the house. He put her up in a, in a, um, a small apartment uh, on main street in another town that was a half an hour away. And I prepared to leave for California. Um, I went down and lived with my sister and got a job. She got me a job down there at the biggest record store at the time in Canada. And I collected my money to go to California. That was my plan. I had it for a year. That was my escape, my escape plan. So in essence, I did run away, but I went to see my mother one more time about a week before I left. And when I went up to see her, she answered the door. She didn't even look at me when I, I walked in. You know, she went, I followed her into her room. She laid down. She was continuing doing her voices and talking and arguing with herself. And uh, at one point I was just stood there. I was sitting on the edge of her bed and she snapped out, became lucid for one second. She reached over to a drawer 
She pulled out a letter in an envelope. She handed it to me no sooner than it left her fingertips. She went right back into her, you know, and started going into her thing. And I said, I said to myself, what the hell? And I got up and I left. I said, I'm done. I'm done with this. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle seeing, seeing her like this anymore. It wasn't that I was compassionate about it. You know, she was my mother, but it was, it, comes to it a was point, terrorizing it, me, traumatizing me. And I was, I was mentally depleted. So, um, I went back to my dad's house and one week later I left for California. I slept on the beach in, in Santa Monica pier. I was homeless. Um, I had met my wife a few days later who became my wife of 34 years and we're still married together. And two weeks later, when I had been down there, I'd given my aunt my phone number where I was. They contacted me. They said, Hey, um, your mother died. And the coroner said that she had died presumptuously uh, 12 days later, and which came out to be because um, when she died, she was decomposing. So the neighbors smelt it. Yeah. So she was That's basically how they left her. in the apartment on a road. Well, she died twelve days earlier, and then it was the fact yes. that she the, the smell um, alerted the neighbors. Yes. And then they told me what day that she that the coroner said that she she probably died on. It was the day I left. So it was uh -huh. like the ringing of the hands. Mm. You know, the demonic entities. Our work is done here. You know, she died, and that was it. And so, for my story, this is where it all began that my trauma and mental mental stability and torment, this is just the beginning of it for me. This is why I wrote the book, The Aftermath, because it just started for me. I had nightmares for 13 years. I had insomnia for about 15 years. I was six feet, half an inch and 126 pounds. You know, I was bulimic. I was throwing up all the time. I didn't know which way was left or right because I didn't know how to live. Now yeah. I'm on my own and I don't know how to live life. All I knew was a mother trying to kill me every night. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. But I did have the survival skills to uh, be able to, you know, since seven or eight years old, doing my own laundry, stealing food, you know, and, and yeah, all of this. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you I had know that. how that's, to look That's why it was no big deal to come to California. Can I ask what, um, you said your mother passed you a letter. Um, I'm, was that something that you you'd keep you want to keep private, or is that something you can elaborate on a little bit? Well, all I can tell you is I I've, I've moved a couple of times, and it's away in a box somewhere, and I can't find it. I was going to include it in the second book, but I'm having issues finding it. More of the issues of it are more that I really don't care anymore. Yeah, I you was know, just wondering but, whether it kind of um, explained anything or um, it kind yeah. of gave you a glimpse into kind of... Because um, I'm assuming mm. that if she did write that, then that might have been more her rather than um, yeah, anyone else I'm speaking, more. you know. Well, and, there well, was one sentence in it that I remember very clearly. And she used to tell me this when I was three years old. And she said, and she said this in this, in this letter when I was eight, 19... Uh, ready to leave, it said uh, she wrote a paragraph about not to be a wild man, and she had the wild man in per, in in the quotations, and that's what she used to tell me when I was a kid: "Don't grow up to be a wild man." And I I don't know if you know the the uh, 
the biblical connotations of those exact words because she was, you know, she was a Jehovah's Witness for many years, many years. And, and uh, in theology, the word wild man has a lot of connotations to it. It has a biblical presence to it that is about the demonic. And it okay. is about the, um, it is about the, uh, the uh, demonic entities that were reigning in Babylon right. at the time. Okay. So it's very prophetic. It's very prophetic. And that's the only thing out of a whole bunch of nonsense in it that I remember her being constant with, you know, throughout my lifetime, when I was three years old, she said, don't grow up to be a wild man. Can I ask, you know, and that, do you know, sure. Do you know why she was excommunicated? Was there any particular reason or was it just a case of that she'd lost faith or that that she wasn't um, being as kind of, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, forthcoming to the religion, you know, like being available for um, whatever the situation. I mean, yeah. to be excommunicated, you must have done something. Um, well, that could have opened the gates for the demons to come in. Well, especially well, there's a couple of things there that kind of like, obviously, it, that's just a bit strange because obviously it's like something's obviously happened in your hometown before you moved because she's been excommunicated and you've moved 100 miles away, you know, but your dad's been still left to... Um, you know, um, travel and commute to his position at the, you know, in, in Toronto. So, you know, there was, there was something there that happened in, in your town where you, you, why you moved. I I just don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I mean. Well, the, the moving, I think it had to do with, and this is speculation on my part, but I think we moved when I was very little because, you know, like I told you back then, you know, seances and Ouija boards were popular. So was swinging. Oh, right. And I think, okay. I think that may have had, because I had an extremely over-sexualized childhood before I moved from Toronto. So when I was three years old, I remember all kinds of things that, that I shouldn't know. So something was going on okay. and uh, that explains that. But, uh, you know, what was SRA? your other question? Um, have it been an SRA? Sultanic uh, ritual abuse. Uh, very possible. Oh. I would. I would not uh, uh, conclude that out. Yeah. Well, I think. I think there's de- definitely a lot of different avenues you could look at. I mean, in terms of like um, explanation. I mean, it, it. Like you say, in terms of um, demonic possession, it does I sound very compelling. I can, see where the I can totally see where why yeah. um, that might be. Well, why you think that yeah. and why you why that's believed. Um, it's definitely- well, my cousin, who was my 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 mother's sister, so the ones that were in cahoots with the seances, yeah, um, she was my age, you know, because both sisters had two kids, and they were she was my age. She hung herself in the basement with three kids. Wow! So, oh my so God. you know, there was there was demonic things going on on both sides of the family. Yeah, I think you that know? there was definitely so. I mean. Do you know what? I mean, who whose sister was that? Your mother's sister. That was my mother's sister. Her daughter. Right. Okay. Which is my cousin. Right. I. I and was think, that before any change in your mother? I think it's. Oh, uh, that was after. It's the right. Uh, you, do, do you know much about your grandfather? Um, my grandfather on my mother's side. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was from Italy. Um, I was named after him, and like I said, she, my mother adored him. She just oh, yeah, adored yeah, him. She did, I guess she, he was yeah. a really great man. I, I was named after him. 
But uh, as far as anything spiritual for that, I, I don't know. Like I said, my parents' generation were the generation that never spoke about anything. They never spoke about anything, whether it was good or bad. And my father comes from Italy, and if you know Italy, Italy yeah, yeah. So it's just Italy like, has we the say. worst exorcism problems on the planet. Yeah, and you're right you know. in the middle of like uh, uh, the religious of uh, it's the heart, the isn't it? Yeah, totally. So. And the superstitious. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I was going to say, uh, how is your sister doing now after all the she, all this? She is completely estranged from me. Uh, she denies all of this stuff. She wants nothing to do with it. She became a Jehovah's Witness, and basically, she never even told her kids, and her kids are in her thirties. You did and say that you were able to probe her for a bit of it. It's like it never happened. Did you? I mean, because you were saying earlier that you were able to probe a little bit and try and get yes, a little those, bit of information. Those were in the years when we were speaking. Ah, now right, she's okay. Since I released this book, she's she's rejected me completely. So she just right. she just basically wants to be kind of like she's living a life and she that that's it now. For like a her. hermit, right? Yeah. Oh, that's she's is, completely that's isolated herself. She lives by herself. She has no friends, no nothing. She's like completely ejected from life. So no possibility that it could happen to her, is it? Well, um, I, I find that you know, obviously, it's like you know, when traumatic things happen uh, to anybody. I mean, it's, there's always a chance that people can be affected, and it affects yeah. them in a different, in different, many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, we'll, obviously, um, the idea that I think, I think that you, you know, in this case, I do believe that you probably are affected in some ways. Maybe not the demonic definitely. possession, but you know, it has affected your your life, oppression. Your, you, you know, yeah. and how you've kind of. Uh, grown into the man you are and how you know you know things that you should have um you know a childhood that you deserved rather than one that you had to endure do you know what i mean yeah. like and that's that's the thing i think obviously i'm looking forward to reading your uh, your follow-up um yeah, and uh, yeah, if you yeah. wanted to come yeah, on the show be out this week oh brilliant we'll so we'll definitely Sweet. send us a link we'll make sure yeah. that we get that out for um yeah. uh, for everyone to have a look at as well um and can I say, are you, uh, like you said, you're still in that uh, uh, depression and uh, you've still got a lot of issues uh, to deal with. Are you actually seeing someone about that? Well, for many years, I've gone to several psychiatrists. I've had some of them that tell me straight up, I, I can't deal with you. That That, that is beyond, I, I can't help you with that. It's that, it, yeah, it's, it's just a bit far out of the realms of kind of typical, yes. um, you know, um, therapy, isn't it? Yes, and I've even had one say, "Listen, the only the only help you could get is probably for someone who uh, uh, dealt with POWs that killed children in Vietnam and stuff like that." And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't need some guy telling me. Yeah. I've gone to so many of them and they can't relate. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to be an expert and talk to somebody on something, you better have gone through it yourself to be able to tell somebody how to deal with something yeah, or totally. else they're not going to relate. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but if not, I'm yeah. talking to you, if I'm talking to you about Manchester rugby and football and I don't know anything about Manchester rugby and football, I don't I really have no, <laughs> no uh, reason to be in that area telling yeah. you, you know what I mean? I totally I can't agree. relate. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
on the so on uh, uh, people like that, they generally uh, get you to answer your own questions in the sort of yes. way they talk yeah. to well, you. This, but this is in the same respect that writing the book and being able yeah. to, you know, putting it out They've there. never helped me. And people who, you know, right at the end of the day, yeah, what would you rather do? Would you rather go around telling, like, you know, every individual people one at a time your story, hoping that the, one of them might relate eventually, or putting it out there and have the people who who have been affected by your story come to you and say, that happened to me, you know, at the end of the yeah, day. I was just going to say, on, yeah. Personally, yes. on my mental health, if that was me putting myself out there, I'd be thinking, well, that's more the kind of the, the safer bet because, you know, yeah. I'm only going to have people who were genuinely kind of um you know moved, been in that kind of experience been in a similar yeah. experience that will contact me and and want to engage so you know rather than me going engaging 500 people who aren't interested and think yeah. i'm a, yeah. a whack job you know so yeah. um you yes. know i think in terms of kind of re- meeting people who do relate that is a, a a way of you know moving forward and um trying to you know um, help you out Good idea exactly. Yeah, your daughters have basically said that, and uh, I think yeah. they're very, very smart uh, for yeah. for um, smart. actually saying that. Well, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have to wrap it up, Michael. We, um, we've we've run way over, but I yeah. always enjoy that. I love, I love yeah, going no, over exactly. a little bit. There's so much more. We, we there was so much more that that you could you just got to read the book because yeah. there's so many details that are just like oh my god. You know, there's just not enough time. You know, in two hours, yeah. Even yeah. Well, we'll make sure it. we'll make sure those links um, are available um, to the book, which is available on Amazon. It is called "The Devil Take the Hindmost: A True Story of Terror." Um, do check it out. Um, yeah, definitely if you're recommend interested in it. this story. Please uh, check it out, even the second uh, book. And um, I know I will. And we'll be posting links to um, the the sequel as well. Um, yes. If Michael sends us a link over to that. Um, but yeah. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I wish we did have more time, but um, yeah. obviously, once your new books come out, we'll be glad to have you on the show again. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah thank yeah, you definitely. so much for having me. Love you guys. Love your accent. I love oh, talking to thanks so much across the pond. Excellent. Well, it's been <laughs> it's a, been a such absolute a pleasure. It really has. has. Well, thank you so much, Michael. We'll see you again. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for the therapy session. No worries. <laughs> bye, bye, guys. Yeah. Thanks again, Michael, for joining us on the show. It was a seriously interesting story, and um, you know, definitely, I, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of kind a lot of, of twists and turns, t- psychological yeah. kind of um, terror, trauma, if you like. Yeah. I mean, we, I'd be interested to find out what the you guys at home think about the whole situation, what he, Michael uh, went through. Yeah, please um, give us your opinion. You were saying, like, you know, about kind of the the sloth. Yeah, sort of gluttony. demons. Yeah, the gluttony demons, yeah. like in terms oh, of greed. like because you know, when you think about possessions and stuff, you could argue that you've got this sort of a demons attacking evil sort of spirits. Yeah, yeah. But then on the gluttony side, you that's exactly what you'd expect, wouldn't you? Sort of this yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Um, least you know, a part of it. Well, you know, noticed, not really yeah. kind of lazy and like, you know, not really um vicious in that way, but more yeah. more, um, more, more likely to run away. When yeah. confronted, yeah, yeah, but again, I yeah. don't know. I mean, there's a lot to Michael's story. There's a bit of a mystery is. in there. I think um, if we'd love to hear your feedback, yeah, or um, even go out and get the book and uh, like, uh, totally. Uh, uh, there will be a link in the description uh, for um, the book. 
Um, so hopefully you'll go over to um, Amazon and check that out. Yes. Um, so there you Which go. you can you can do straight away. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> there. You go. It'll be in the description. It will. So um, going from one Canadian to another. Oh yeah. Um, this week's promo or uh, this week's um, featured podcast, I should say. Yeah. Is um, Canadian Spirit. Ah oh, right. Um, the hosts Kelly and uh, Darcy. Of, um, they're both, both supernatural and paranormal investigators. Um, they do research for the um, Supernatural Paranormal Investigation and Research Institute, or SPIRIT, and they explore supernatural and paranormal and downright weird cases around Canada. Good. Uh, using their skills they've honed as paranormal researchers, the podcast t- contains adult language and disturbing themes. Well, um, it says, like keep you. out of reach of children and the elderly. Oh, yeah, don't want scared. So, you can check out their promo right now. Hey, guys, I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada. And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters. In Canadian Spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, we're a pair of chuckle fucks, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes. Thanks, guys, uh, for submitting your promo. You can do two by sending us your promo over to neverstraightanswer at gmail.com. Um, if we like it, we'll feature it, we will, and we um, we'll make a big song and dance about you we for a couple of weeks. Do. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It is. It's good nice for you. To be, good it's nice to me. be nice, isn't it? It is. Oh, there you go. It is. Uh, what we else am I missing? What else am I missing this week? I know we've not done a couple of segments recently, but we, like, we are coming back with some cool stuff. We are so indeed. Don't you worry. Yeah. For we all like that switch extra, and extra it content that we provide. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think the st- uh, the uh, the interview was a bit longer than we anticipated. This so week we it was, yeah, totally. But that's what I like about guests coming on the show when yeah. they, when they do uh, have an interesting, compelling story. And it was nice, and it, and it raises as well. more questions than, than answers. Yeah, and answers. Then yeah, you yeah. kind of start, you know, uh, you don't mind going over that hour. No, you no. know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You let just us know what you guys think anyway. Yeah, um, but moving please, on with the show, we do have some news. We do. And without we further ado, do. here we go. Do, do. It's the news. Do-ba-do-do-do. It's been an interesting week for news. God. Oh, yeah. Terrible what more do you want? Yesterday. So, well, terrible yesterday. Yeah, MP stabbing. Oh, God, yeah. straight, yeah, totally. I mean, it was breaking news. Um, yeah. When that happened, it was one of those where it was um, 
he was stabbed um, during a a surgery, which basically is a constabulary meeting where you can kind of go in. Um, have a, have a face to face with your local yeah. MP, yeah. isn't it? And um, you know, have any gripes or you know yeah. any ideas that you want to put forward? Yeah, yeah. Um, chance to kind of get support for community projects. Yeah, we all work as we, we all work as a community, and there, the, uh, he's the person in charge of looking after certain stuff. Then you know, we all need to have our little conversation. So, I mean, it's still unclear to the actual. Um, reasons, yeah, um, because it went from being, um, you know, he was he was attacked, um, he was stabbed six times, yeah, and he was fighting for his life, and then about yeah. fifteen minutes later, it was the you know the worst case scenario, yeah, where he'd been announced, um, you know, to have died on the scene, yeah. Now it kind of makes me think about you know there was other incidences where um, you know MPs have been. Attacked yeah. for beliefs or for the for their actions, yeah. And you know, I mean, even from the kind of the the minimal where you know you got John Prescott getting hurled eggs at his head, yeah, you the know, punch uh, or getting <laughs> yeah. punched. You know, when you've got these, the, the, the oh, he punched the guy, yeah, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of like a, a you know the, how it starts, isn't it? Because it gets violence kind yeah, of yeah, once violence goes a bit and, over the and top, it, but he ends up going over the top, yeah, to the point where I mean. I can only imagine what it was that drove him to have a gripe with this guy. Because, I mean, as as all accounts, I mean, the guy's been an MP since, like, literally as long as I've been alive yeah. in on, on this planet. I mean, yeah. he started his um, MP career in 1983. Yeah, when he was know, 20. And um, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, where I think, you know, what did he do to deserve this, I think this sort a- of, um, you know... It, well, it hasn't been uh, taken off the table of uh, terrorists, but I don't think it is. I think it's basically uh, frustrated people. There's a lot of frustration going around at the moment. Well, there has for for a long time. To yeah, there's honest. a lot of people in building des- dire and building situations up. and yeah. desperate circumstances, and isn't there? But, I mean, especially with the money being taken away as well. But that's no uh, excuse. It that's is no excuse. excuse. I mean, yes, at the totally. end of, I, mean I, I think there's a lot of people feeling the pinch. Yeah, yeah but definitely. at the end of the day, you kind of you cut back and do without rather than going out and yeah. committing a crime. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if you're oh no, kind but of this must have been the frustration that you know I've been trying, I've been trying here, I've been trying, I've been there, trying you've been to pushing get planning me permission here, there, and everywhere, and then as frustration builds and builds, if it doesn't get dealt with, it's going to blow, and it obviously hasn't been. It, I'm not saying obviously, but well, no, it sounds no, like well, it hasn't been dealt again, with. Again, it all comes down to what the actual reason yeah, yeah, for this was. Still not letting I mean, quite a lot of You know, I mean, how frustrated people get about the silliest things. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Now, with it being like yeah. a constituent surgery or something, I mean, it could be anything like, you know, to... I've got, I've got um, noisy neighbours or I've got, you know, there's a fucking like street light that keeps waking me up in the middle of the night or something ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now I'm not saying those were the reasons, but I mean, with it. What people think is ridiculous isn't ridiculous. Exactly. To them, if they're they're passionate about it. And I mean, again, it's no excuse to doing these sorts of things. So. Um, it's just it's just a strange situation. It I don't is, I don't really it's a shame, get it. It's a shame that uh, things have to uh, uh, that come to this. Um, like there couldn't be you know stuff. Now they're talking well, about body, uh, like having guards now with uh, MPs. Yeah, I mean it's and like it's get cost. to the point when you can't when your MP won't do a face to face public 
Um, well, they're going to be doing door to door. Exactly. And I mean, MPs in the UK have always been known for doing that, knocking yeah. on doors. Being free um, to go and talk to them. And being it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems after year after year, it's, it's getting tighter and tighter to even, you know, either state your own opinion or uh, go and see someone who you could go and see in a, a couple of well, years Well, yeah, ago. I mean, Citizens Advice um, were um, here in the UK. Yeah, were, all over. Um, they, they used brilliant. to have branches all over the place, yeah, yeah and you could go in Absolutely. and speak to somebody about whatever, yeah. yeah, right, if you had a legal problem or, yeah. you know, a housing issue or any issue at all, even if you'd been missold a product, yeah. you could go in and speak to them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they closed down all these um, centres where you could go in and get this advice. Yeah. And... They're now experiencing like 700% uh, increase in calls because uh, people are in these situations. And I mean, again, I don't know the the reasonings and ins and outs behind this particular incident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's soon come clear in a few days. Of course it will, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, all we can say at this point is, um, you know, our prayers and hearts go out to the family yeah um, um friends and um yeah it's just a Colleagues. sad thing to um yeah, to, just, to have to hear isn't shouldn't it really be hearing this kind of stuff but it just seems to be there's more and more stabbings going along uh, uh around the country at the minute and it's it's getting beyond um you know ridiculous i know right well um moving on um yeah. in the news um, uh, ooh, have you got anything else you'd like to talk uh, about? I've got quite a lot of news. I'm just trying to get me. Yeah, I've got a, a, a warning for losing uh, my voice a bit here tonight. M- uh, for drivers in the UK for their uh, next MLT. Uh, yeah, this is because he's got he's coming up now. He's yeah. like, rrr, rrr, I've just found out something that pissed me off. Go yeah, on, what? Yeah. Oh, this is just one of a number of things at the minute. You got, <laughs> like you got that E10 fuel that destroys your your blue You were car. talking about that last week, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now we've got um, drivers who are going in for their M- MLT test uh, need to watch out because there's a, a, apparently 13 million of us that driving round with alloys um, that are, are, are damaged now. They're looking at charging a fee of 270 quid for right. having damaged rims. So it's like, it's getting. So are they damaging your car and then charging you for. Yeah. Do you know, kids. Potholes are uh, damaging my rims, yeah. and now all of a sudden you're charging me for having yeah. damaged rims. I'm thinking of charging the taxman for it. Which what, you charging, can on charging uh, the, yeah, like the road tax cover, the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the government. Yeah. Who does that? You can, I mean, claim. you can claim for. Is that the DVLA? Uh, uh, no, it'd be trans, it'd be uh, transport, transport off uh, already. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I'm going to be looking into, and I mm. may uh, put in a claim. He's going to put uh, in a. He's going to kick it. Wear and tear. I could put in a wear and tear claim. I believe so. Fair enough. Uh, Let us know how you get yeah, on. Teenagers now um, uh, are less likely to drive uh, because uh, it is so expensive now to start driving. It is Yeah, it is but I know, yeah, it is very expensive. It's like having a second house. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah. a lot of ways, yeah. you know, like, especially if you... It's like these, um, you know, people who um, live in undesirable areas, mm. but according to the insurance company, that mm, is, you yes. know, like, they don't live around there. No. They don't no. know what the hell it's like, but, yeah. you know, you've got to say, you've. I keep it in a underground secure vault yeah <laughs> yeah under a under a, a, a fucking 
a, a silk blanket. Yeah, with armed yeah. guards and armed towers. Armed guards, yeah. With dogs and, uh, hanging around. you know, around. like landmines surrounding yeah. it. And, yeah, you know, and we're still charging a grand. Exactly, <laughs> it's not safe enough. No, anything you know I mean? to try and get the uh, bloody money out of you. And they are actually looking from January um, to putting you, your insurance up uh, if you drive in um, a petrol or diesel car. And... Uh, there's a new law that's coming in in Told January you. to stop um, if whoever you're with now to charge you much more than what they've charged you to this date. I told you it's going to be, um, you know, can you, um, you could just like power your car on uh, chip fat oil and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's quite simple to make, actually, apparently. It's just getting the, the volumes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, talking about lawsuits, yes. you brought up lawsuits. Oh, so I've yes. got a story here that, um, you know, we, we talked about this uh, quite a while ago. And oh, we yeah. do bring Subway up, Subway sandwiches up oh, quite a bit. Oh, we love a but bit But they always kind of find themselves in the middle of these conspiracy theories. And, yeah. you know, um, I need to kind of look into them because I kind of started getting weirded out by Subway when I found out that they were, um, you know... Um, the bread. The, co- the company was called um, the, the Association of Doctors or something. So it's already, they're trying to sell you on the health side yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and um oh well it's backed by association of doctors oh well we'll have it then well of course it's the f- it's the healthy o- o- option Old, when it yeah. comes to fast food yeah clinically yeah. tested so when all these stories about the kind of questionability of the healthy nature of the food comes out it's kind of intriguing so we've had reports of the bread being made out of the same stuff yoga mats are made out of yeah delicious um, the meats we're not actually meat. meat. And this <laughs> um, relates to um, the most recent scandal um, with a lawsuit, a $5 million lawsuit oh. against uh, the Subway franchise um, about fake tuna. Fake tuna? How can you fake tuna? Was it dolphin? Oh, no, it must have been know. dolphin. Well, there was apparently genetically not any um, ounce tuna of in tuna in the what? Subway no. sandwich. Well, it's uh, not tuna then, is it? But they've um, had it thrown out of court now. Right, so obviously the plaintiff who sued the um, the restaurant for the tuna sandwiches weren't saying that they weren't really tuna. Yeah. Uh, the lawsuit um, basically says that um, the customers pay for premium um, the pr- um, premium, premium of feed. sandwiches um, containing tuna. Yeah. And Subway's tuna subs lack tuna altogether, so you can't really say that that's tuna, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how they've managed to get away with it. Uh, yeah. It'd be a little little writing, or it's on the website. It says it's not tuna. It'll probably state that like a tuna sub isn't tuna. Yeah. Like, or but you this know, is the thing of like little. There's no writing. such fish as tuna sub. Yeah, this is all like the, for like the little texts that you, uh, uh, of information that you've got at the bottom. You know your uh, the rights and all that, and oh, go through the terms and conditions and stuff like that. No one has the time in the day to go through every single one. I mean, if we did. I think we'd be quite well, shocked. Apparently, they turned around and said the that there was only one person who's like complained, and it's the plaintiff. Oh. So, um, you know, there wasn't there weren't like, enough people. It wasn't like an go. outcry of loads of people going, "Hang ah. on a minute!" There was one guy, one person. So, got a not, point, no? You know that why? If no one else is complaining, if why, I weren't happy what you were serving me, and it was just me, why even complain? Yeah, do you know, yeah. Yeah, everyone else is ah, eating the tuna subs and fat. And it probably cost them both as well a bit, a bit of dough for going through the court and all. It's that. Probably brought they've probably brought them in a, a, a selection of subs to give to the you know the judges <laughs> and go yeah, here. Yeah. You can try for yourself. Does Sub it this. taste like tuna? Yeah, yeah. 
It's Suck not on my thing. foot long hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about food related matters, mm-hmm. um, because there's a bakery in the UK, oh, yeah. um, which is quite cool because um, they're called Get Baked. Oh, right. Which I, I like, like, like the name. Um, yeah. with, uh, Get Baked's in Leeds. Right. Uh, Rich Mayer, um, who's the owner, May- Myers. Rich Mayers, Myers. Rich Mayers, Myers. Uh, Myers or Mayers. Um, he's basically um, been told to cease and desist. Oh, why? Making their world famous, um, I say the world famous now, Yeah. cookies. No, yeah, best sellers. Cookies, oh my days! Yeah, right. told him he's not allowed to make, shit. not allowed to make his delicious cookies that are bringing joy oh. to people. You know what I mean anymore? Yeah, uh, because I mean, oh, they look good as well. To be oh, honest, right? Okay. Because they contain sprinkles. Uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with illegal sprinkles. Oh wow! Well, well, do you have laced, cannabis in it? Laced or? with LSD. Yes, boy. Some other party prescription? No. Yeah, mushrooms. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Right, well, the, um, basically, the owner of Get Baked is um, mm. basically told that he's not allowed to use the sprinkles um, because they're not um, elite, they're not legal in the UK, yeah, because they contain oh. a red food colour in E127, which uh, is banned here in the see. UK. So um, he, he's not, he's not allowed to use it. But he says anyone who's into sprinkles will know that... What he's on about, yeah, because sprinkles that you get in the UK are totally, these yeah. his words, yeah, yeah, are totally shit, yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that. They look wank, yeah. they bake wank, oh. Myers said um, on Facebook. Um, so, obviously, with it containing the E number. Yeah. I think the kids obviously have enough E numbers. Uh, yeah, and I think But we... no wonder they sold so well, because they were like, fucking yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting a rush. Yeah, that's it. She's like, whoa, get me some more of them fucking cookies. It's a sugar rush and a half, son. Yeah, I've just like, got in. fucking Sean Ryder and Bez hanging around outside, <laughs> your, <laughs> yeah. outside your cookie shop. Your cookie. Yeah, I mean, or jail silent bob <laughs> summit yeah so it'd be like yeah but all of them yeah. all the cliche stoner duos would be stood yeah. outside get baked yeah, come on, get waiting for the re-number cookies yeah bill and ted yeah all, all right. of them yeah and i'm actually quite intrigued to taste these sprinkles now you know what they do look bigger though don't they, they do they the look British a bit vision. brighter and i think yeah. it's in particular the red food color well, why, well obviously the idea is why don't you just take the red ones out Give the rest of them. If the others are legal, <laughs> so take the red ones go, out. You've got to literally kind of... Um, Use British red ones, so then you like... Pluck you know. all the red ones out yeah. when you get the batch. Yeah. Oh, that's a ball yeah. ache. Well, that. no, you get you get them well when they're not coloured, and then you oh, put them in a vat Oh, of I the know. Colour. I've got an idea. What? Right? So what you do is you spend... I mean, it's a bit of investment in time. So what you do oh. is you take out all the Sounds red funny. ones, right? Yeah. So... You hire somebody to take out all the red ones. Prisoners. Right, then you get a big pile of red ones and feed them to the next guy, <laughs> right, who's, who's got to p- p- pluck Prisoners. out all the red ones. So you've got this infinite Death loop row. then. Do <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, you've got someone who's high Poisoning. on numbers yeah, slowly. to take out all the yeah. red ones. They're going to sit idea, there man. high as anything, just whipping out the Well, no, because days. what they probably do is pick the red ones out and um, sell them. As a separate uh, one to Americans. What's it, that, um, that... Or internationally. I want a brandy glass filled with red M&Ms. Yeah. yeah. Ah, anyway, right, so moving ones. on, have you got any more news? I've got uh, plenty of news. Oh, yeah, 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 I've got news. Uh, how about a elk that was uh, <laughs> living with a tyre around its neck for two years? Corporate little bastard. Yeah. So why was it wearing a tie? I mean, was it a bow tie? Bow ties are cool. No, tyre. A tyre. A tyre as in on your car. 
Oh, round its neck for two years. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. And it weighed you know what? 35 you know when you, pounds. When you said this story earlier, yeah, right, yeah. and you said he, he was walking around with a tie around his neck, tie yeah. around his neck. I honestly imagined an elk wearing a tie. A bow tie walking like, around. You know, I was like, like hey, suave motherfucker. Like yeah. It's like, who put that on him? And, you know, like, where can yeah. I get one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this was, uh, this was a £35 weight across his neck for two oh, years. Oh, come yeah. on. That's awful. Well, the wildlife um, tri- uh, people tried to, uh, four times they tried to get it off. And they couldn't because of the uh, metal content within I it. I reckon it's probably just matted around him as well. Nah, Do you nah, know, he, after he, a while pictures of him it. just like hanging with his head like there he is he's the one with <laughs> the tire on him, see him. It yeah. was just like it stands out a crowd yeah massively man but finally um it's they, got this they did bumper. it they did get it off finally uh after the uh fourth attempt did they have to cut it off him yeah yeah like, yeah there was oh, metal pieces him. in it so they, they well yeah because tires why. do they have that metal wiring yeah and uh, don't they so i mean i don't know and it was in colorado park uh so uh i should imagine there'd be people around there who were like yeah, I know, I know that one. Now, now I'm not going to be able to see him again. But at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. how is it? This is the thing about kind of the how's environment the and how, how did yeah. the tire get around its neck in the first so, place? Um, and why bit. wasn't it caught earlier? And you know, like, got you know, somebody first seen that goat with a, or, you know, that elk with a tire around its head. Well, to yeah, try and help it. But the thing is, we're going to start having uh, them problems again. Um, I th- I believe well, actually it's like that thing with the six packs. Do you know, like when you've got the the um, the plastic ring pull thing? Do yeah. you know what you your attaches all your cans together? Oh yeah, yeah. So that was a problem with fish and turtles yeah, and it was, you know yeah. wildlife. Still and ocean is today, life. but and not it as still much. is. Well, there's a lot of kind of um, companies that have changed the way they do it yeah. and um, right, use different materials, cardboards, yeah. or even just like sort of glue the cans together in a way that you can pull them apart. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's they're doing the bit, but yeah. is it too late to the amount of kind of... Because, I mean, obviously, well, that, those, those products were being used for decades. Yeah, So, yeah. you know... Well, look at now straws and stuff like that. still, yeah. you know, is still quite well, we uh, feel- alarming. Well, we've still got that. Uh, well, we did have one of them, like uh, what did they call it, like plastic islands. But we had, like, we've had like we've got like five now. Yeah, plastic it, islands, yeah. and um, you know, were a, a big problem. I mean, massive problem. But the question is, where do we shove it as well? We're, what we're going to do? Shove it under the ground again? No, blast it in space. No, we see. This is another problem. We should be using the, We should be using materials that we can use again and again and again, yeah. so we don't actually waste. Blast it, blast it to the moon and Mars, right? Because well, so when we get there, we can do a bit of shopping. No, when we get there, we can use it. We can recycle that, and um, well, you yeah, know, yeah, I, I understand that one. Yeah, that you is know, we can. We we've got three D printers now that can build houses out of um, you know recycled materials. Yeah, you but know, it, it costs a lot of down. money. No, you just ship a billion pounds to ship a, a, a load of shit into uh, into the moon, no, and you then just basically just you know build a big. Well, tube, right, tube we shove it, it down the tube and we fire it, we, we put a, a Bunsen burner up its ass and it'll fucking fly up. Exactly, now you're getting it. Yeah, well, well, we, we're, we're, I'll tell you what we're after to do. We're after to see Elon Musk yeah. and I'm drop sure this to the idea just, and then make we literally just, like we'll just nothing. We'll just weld a massive skip to the top of Jeff Bezos's um, already penis-like penis yeah. rocket yeah. and um, we'll just blast off a couple of skip loads. 
Do you know what I mean? Hey, yeah, yeah, but by the time it burned through the atmosphere, exactly. There you the go. Inside. No, but, but then that's getting minute. rid of it. But we exactly. need it well, again. We, we're not necessarily. Or we've got to carry. Yeah, because if we don't, question, we've got to carry on uh, digging how for to plastic, get rid of it, making plastics and making new materials. No, because these cells, these more sustainable um, materials that are being used now, there other is, than plastic. Destroying. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've noticed, but bamboo. Yeah, um, is a big one at the moment. Yeah, but then you've got a, a, that you can make a plastic sort of um, resin, um, you know, yeah. with with bamboo fibre. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, totally self-sustaining yeah. because yeah. Um, bamboo grows so quick. Yeah, and you know, they used to use it in torture because they could lie you down over a bamboo field. Yeah, and the bamboo would literally grow through you in a yeah, f- yeah. in a really fast rate. So yeah. you know. It, that's, the thing that's how is, quick it grows back. You can chop it down again too. But then we're gonna we're gonna create um, the same situation in Brazil, which is we need uh, this kind of plant. So we're gonna knock all these trees down and grow this kind of plant. So then it, it's not helping the environment in that way. We need to uh, use little bits from the environment, but but materials that we've they already just grow used, it in the best place it grows, use again and again and again, and making materials that. Don't break so fast. No, you know, I'm only messing when when I'm being surreal with them saying, you know, blast in space. But I mean, could be. Yeah, but it is. In terms of. You have got a good idea there. You know, the recyclability of stuff, and we're going to need. You know, because you know, you get up there, and what have you got to work with in terms of recycling and working with what you've got? Is rocking rocking the stuff you brought with you. Yeah. So if you can blast off a load of, you know, like essentially matter yeah yeah then well it's actually a start, isn't it here's an idea actually the mat- uh, the stuff that uh, we are going to be living in make the materials out of the shit that we're we're throwing away now wow there you go you there see. we go can we see? get jobs elon, at, um, elon Musk, if you heard this ring me give us a shout yeah. elon we've got we've, we're we're forward thinkers who think in and we out do. of the box we do we do and our minds are constant here's a here's one for you this woman, yeah, she allegedly yeah. pretended to be a doctor. Oh, right. Not yeah. only that, she issued fake COVID exemptions. <gasps> now, Not she doesn't kill. believe she's done anything wrong. Well, hold on. Well, she's claiming yeah. something that she's not. Oh, yeah, she definitely was claiming. Um, it's like me saying, oh, you know, man, man arrested for <laughs> claiming to be a police officer and abducting people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, woman she charged with pretending that. to be a doctor um, and issuing 600 fake medical exemption certificates oh, uh, for COVID-19. Doesn't believe she's done anything wrong. And um, she's uh, basically entitled to issue the certificates. Why? She's not a Don't doctor, know. so she's stupid. So why is, it she, why is she saying she's... Um, because if a doctor did ask you uh, uh, to uh, give you a prescription, he's not telling you. He's asking you well, if you want said, it. Here we are. Police said that she doesn't hold a medical doctorate in any way, so she's not registered as a health professional. Um, and this me. happened in Australia, right? By the way, okay. um, so she's been charged with up to one hundred and fifty dollars uh, for fake medical exemption certificates. Okay. No, that's what she was charging. Oh yeah. right! So oh she was actually shit! So she was getting money, money for it. She faces fines of up to ten thousand. Yeah, damn right. right. But she issued one hundred and six. This year, what six hundred of these yeah. at one hundred and fifty per, per you know one, per yeah. one. So you know Which, she's um she's a, a nice bit of wedge there. So wait, oh, I'm gone. I'm going. Oh, he's work getting, this a out. getting a calculator out. It must be serious. One hundred and fifty 
per finger times, yeah. you know, there's going to be people shouting the answer because yeah. I'm just being lazy. Go on, go I'm on, just shout being it. lazy. He is, he's lazy. And I don't want to give him the answer. Because <laughs> I'm funny like that. Well, so she still weren't for 80 grand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 90 grand she would have made. Yeah, but she's only got to pay 10 grand back. Yeah, but then court costs where that's another couple of grand. So she'd be, she'd be walking away with like 50 grand. Easy. After time, sir. Hey, hey. Yeah, because she's got potential jail doing, time, but yeah, that's yeah, only yeah. potential. Potential. Yeah, but when she's in jail, she's earning money and she doesn't have to spend out. Fucking hell, so she's planned so it down. So she's planned it down to a, a, nearly a T. She might have a, a, a dickhead cell, mate. We don't know. Uh, do you think that fine's a bit low? Uh, yes, I find Or do you think she companies... deserves the 50 grand for her initiative? Um... No, no, I don't. No, I think she should pay. Uh, I think she, they should have calculated it out, and she should have paid the lot. Yeah, and it then everything long, afterwards, it? her own out of her own money, at the end of the day, because she broke the law. She did it uh, uh, wrong. She got caught, basically. There you go. If she didn't get caught, then she would have been sweet, sweet Daisy. But well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let yeah, us please know tell us. in the comments. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Come on, Taylor, yeah, enlighten not us. Not as interesting as oh. if you woke up, looked With over a boner. to oh well, yeah, generally, uh, generally, <laughs> nothing, nothing more life that's less interesting. Go on. <laughs> Well, if you if you were a female then and you woke up and you looked up and you seen a hole in your ceiling and then looked at the pillow at the side of you and no, it's not a man, it's not a dog, it is a meteorite that literally just missed her. I thought you were going to say there was like a peeping Tom or something. You like might have look been a up and there tom. was a hole in your ceiling and you'd be like, well, I'd be looking for peeping. If there was an eye in that hole, through then... The eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An eye through the hole. Yeah, if there was an eye, then, uh, yeah, I'd or, be a bit Or some el- anything else sticking through it. Well, yeah, well, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, whoa. whoa. Are we talking? Don't know. Well, you know them. Um, but, yeah, uh, October the 4th, yeah, uh, this uh, woman in... Uh, 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 I did British hear this Columbia. story actually. Yeah, yeah. Was she was um, she woke got... up with a big shock, <coughs> which you would though. But she got literally... a meter right through the ceiling. Yeah, right? couple of more. Um, you know, about a foot the other way, she would have been dead dodo, and she wouldn't have known anything. Well, if it had her. the power to go through a, a, a roof yeah. and you know penetrate uh, the the proper air, yeah, and then still kind of like smolder on the bed, I think. You yeah, know, it could have set uh, fire, and she could have. Yeah, yeah, could have yeah, set yeah. fire. Could have been a lot um, of damage. But also, you know, yeah, like you say, she was very lucky that she didn't get a, like very, a, a, very a, lucky, a, yeah. a bonk on the noggin. Yeah, <laughs> but then like. again, it's like the uh, lottery in it. You got more chance of uh, meteorite hitting you on the head than uh, oh, lottery yeah, tickets. Yeah, well, so she was you nearly can there. say that. But we watched that video recently, didn't we? Of lightning strikes. Yes, yeah, we like did. Um, if you go on YouTube. Because yeah. I was, I'd never thought to go to search it before. Yeah, mm. like, and I thought, do you know what? Lightning strikes, yeah. right? And some of them, it, but I think it was like the top five lightning strikes caught on camera or something. Yeah, and it was the, one of the most impressive YouTube videos I've seen in terms of like yeah. shock. You know, because. You're watching these videos and you don't know when it's going to happen, but mm. you know you can kind of get a vague idea who's getting struck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. to see somebody get struck by lightning, it's quite like fucking hell. It's quite horrific, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there was a couple of instances there where there was like Jesus. You know, yeah, like, how the hell did you? Uh, and the crack, by? the crack of the sound, and the smell you know, of crackling, the, I bet as well. And the and the um, the 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 light. 
yeah, that flashes off. It's don't so forget, amazing. it's like it's it's the uh, the lightning is hotter than the surface of the sun, and that is like five hundred hotter uh, than thousand degrees or something. Than the hottest thing. Well, yeah, the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, even yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And well, yeah, it's, but there is uh, one place in the world that's here's a fact from it. Go on. That's uh, thunder and lightning happens all the time, and it, there's a good reason why, and we should have uh, thunder because it helps our ozone. It's one of the best things for the ozone, and it, it gets rid of uh, the carbon. It is, it cool. is mint for our planet, so. So we could do with some like we could uh, do with you know, quite a bit of it like a minute, yeah. Plasma lightning yeah. Uh, machines. Yeah, as going long off. as you don't hit no one, hurt no one, then you're all right. You know what I mean? But you fair know, enough. We'll tell you to stay indoors. <laughs> um, that's no guarantee. Have you seen them ball lightnings? Ball lightning. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. freakish things as well, man. So um, it's like swamp gas. Anything else you want to talk about? I've got this one story. Uh, go for it. Um, basically, apparently, there was um, these two. Uh, there was a couple um, who tried to sell off uh, military secrets using um, gum wrappers and a peanut butter sandwich. What? It's apparently the truth. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Now I found it difficult to find this story actually because, um, like, I found it it's and then blocked, then it, it was being geo blocked mm, and I didn't have a VPN, so you know. Um, the claim was um, so basically saying that they was trying to... It's almost like a film, one of these sort of old spy movies. Yeah, think Do you know what I mean? Uh, Soldier, Soldier, Soldier Spy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they were basically leading to um, take some encrypted um, data yeah. to a pre-arranged location. Okay. Um, they got to the site drop of um, a digital memory card containing um, concealed in a peanut butter sandwich. Whoa, dangerous sandwich. And some gum wrappers, probably, obviously, to shield it from any, uh, any magnetism. From, or, yeah. I don't know. Well, but yeah, peanut yeah, butter yeah, sandwiches yeah. can be quite uh, devastating to um, electronics. Yeah, especially if you've got no jelly and you're in America. You know what I mean? I've known a peanut butter sandwich to wipe a whole computer. Yeah, well, yeah, it only takes a <laughs> thing, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? The dangerous things, peanut yeah. butter sandwiches. Yeah, you don't want um, to throw them at you. But, yeah, the uh, Maryland couple were charged with violating the um, Atomic Energy Act. Secrets Acts. Ooh, yeah, so, and North they potentially North face life in prison. Yeah, serious, man. It's so, I mean, serious. I wonder what was on the data, really. Because, I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. was if, it worth well, it? If you uh, found out what was in that data, I think you'd be probably joining them, mate. Mm, I don't really care. Secrets, and it's about UFOs. It was, well, US intelligence. Yeah, stole from the Pentagon, true. most probably. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but could've I mean, could have been. I bet they thought they had the greatest plan going, though. Do you know what I mean? It was like, right, it's foolproof, foolproof. It, We've it, got a peanut butter sandwich. To yeah, be honest, right. it could chew be. some gum. We it, need the wrappers. For all we know, <laughs> that secrets that uh, they're trying to get out could have actually been helping us. For all we know, for all we know, foiled. Yeah, and we've oh. been busted, man, busted. Well, they but, were am- amateurs, apparently. Yeah, amateurs. you got to do it the proper way, man. Well. Shove it in your bum. <laughs> <laughs> no! That's oh, not what you do. No, here's, here's, this is a... a, a brilliant, and I'm not sure if this is a legit... Um, we we want to give this, return this back to the rightful owners or a sting operation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, this is a story about um, a lost £770 of marijuana 
um, in a Florida sheriff's department. Um, oh, and the sheriff, that's where I left it. The sheriff wants to reunite you with it. Yeah, by uh, all accounts. Yeah, I would go, but it's a uh, I'm a bit busy at the you minute. You want to see it? There's loads. Shit, right, loads, so uh, yeah, misplaced uh, cannabis. We're not talking your run-of-the-mill keys or you know cell phone when you no. lose something. You know this is no. two million dollars worth of pot. Yeah, it was mine. Right. So I, according I to Facebook post on Wednesday, um, the Brevard is it the Brevard County Sheriff's Office mm. said, um, "Yeah, well, has anyone misplaced?" On, Hey guys, do you reckon if I ask them crazy, a post it to me? It's your crazy local sheriff's department here. <laughs> you know, has anybody yeah. lost a bit of pot? <laughs> and we've got the heroin next door. Yeah, we know. We we're all and getting the funky here. In fact, you know, there's quite a, a lot of weed. <laughs> Chief's got the coke, so so uh, you know, um, seven hundred and seventy pounds worth of marijuana um, has been that's kind lot, of man. you know brought into the um, police station. How um, the fuck do you and, lose and, it? And apparently, the sheriff is trying to seek its rightful owner. He's a very nice man, isn't he? Isn't he just... He is a very nice man. It's almost like one of those um, those, those um, videos you used to see where it's like, we've um, enticed this criminal who we've had yeah. a warrant out for his arrest for, yeah. for eight years and we've not been able to get him, but we posted him a letter telling him he's won a flat screen TV <laughs> and he's got to come and collect it from this address. Yeah. Let's see in. what happens. Nice. Next it, minute, I, it's like some fucking bunking walks in going, I'm here to collect my TV. Yeah, we're here to send you to jail. Oh, we've been looking for you. Yeah, nice. Well. Nice. Well, some, some criminals well, aren't that if bright, you, you know. did happen to lose uh, your weed, I don't know yeah. if you want to take the risk and go and, you know, walk into the police department. I want him to post it to me. I mean, it, man. I mean, I can't tell, right? If it's, um, I mean, obviously, the, I, I'd assume What's that the legal they'd law have to. There, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm. is it legal in Florida? If it is, I'm pretty sure that you know there'll be limits on how much he can possess. So if yeah. it was a business that can prove legitimately that they are the owners, yeah, and it was produced for you know company, business, you know business yeah. reasons, yeah. then probably they would get it back. Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. it was just some guy, <laughs> yeah, who was, you know, like... Unlucky son. I just happened to pocket. grow loads of weed, you um, know, and, you know, it's all personal. <laughs> I, I, I want to know why they didn't find it, like, like any more information. They've got to do this because they don't know. This is, like, the last resort. What, like, public, yeah. reaching out to the public? Yeah, because, like... On Facebook. Well, we had no cameras uh, on him. We uh, we didn't know. Right. We had no fingerprints. We had no uh, Can I just make road. a suggestion, um, Brevard County Sheriff's Office? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have anybody come forward, yeah. I think it's your ethical and moral responsibility yeah. to distribute that to the... Kid, to not bro- to the kids, but no. to the the, the, to the, the local people. people of your county. Uh, c- county. Yeah. yeah, right. As a nice little token, yeah, knock on the door and go, do you know what? Police are getting a bad rep here yeah. for a reason. Hey, I'll tell you what, that'll Have a blaze up. on us. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. That'll bump up police, um, you yeah. know, like people relations. Yeah, that yeah. would help so Even if much. they knocked on and went... I'm here here's for an a, ounce, mate. Here's an ounce. Yeah. I'm coming. Can I come in for a blaze? Yeah. Do you know come what I mean? In, Get mate, to yeah. know your local cop, copper. Hey, uh, yeah, and and uh, that's good for the community. Exactly. And for the police. So yeah, yeah forget all these 
booking things. Because I was saying that actually, there's up. loads of stories that are cropping up at the moment because it's like trying to paint the police in a better light. Yeah, and, hey, um, I'll you tell know. you what, if the police knocks on my door and give me an ounce of weed, <laughs> I, I'll let him come in and uh, I'll be and like, do you want a brew? Yeah, yeah, come what in, man. Do you want, yeah. do you want a brew? I'll shake your fucking hand. Here's the remote, watch what you want. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, yeah. Subscribe. Here's my wife. I don't care, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's Officer not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, uh, uh, the cops have had a bad time. Uh, and <laughs> we are jesting about it. And it's, uh, but if but you it's, did want to, yeah. you know, raid your evidence yeah. locker and bring us an ounce of weed, yeah, we, yeah. we would not we be... We would uh, not complain. We, we are looking for donations. <laughs> so if you'd like to give we, us at we, least a quarter of it... No, we, do take, we do take police bribes. We, yes, we do. We're police, up for bribes. Not, they're not bribes, they're donations. Yes, yeah, well, that's right. why I was trying to say donations. Yeah. and not bribes so yes forget that Thank bribe you. part um, yeah we are up for donations uh, you know where to send uh, it do you know what it's just the amount of great ideas of giving away tonight is just uh, no, unbelievable we, we, we for should be one episode, at the minute. for one episode yeah we should be at the government in a minute telling them what to fucking do do you know what though do you know when you get like um, governments don't always know what they're doing yeah, yeah right? and um, you know especially do you know for you're trying to, you know, impress people to come to your country. Yeah. Yeah, you want some really cool tourism. Yeah, You want some really good sort of spokesman. You do, yeah, indeed, right? yeah. So who would you say was a good spokesman for a country? I mean, for like, queen, you know. Queen, the queen. The queen, the queen. Good, good, yeah. good shout, actually. Yeah, the queen's yeah. quite, um, you know, even though she's... Um, she's a figurehead, isn't she? She's yeah. like, you know, regal in that respect. She's a she's, rich woman. She's known for being British. Yeah. Yeah. And right. she can cut your head off. So, you know, New Zealand, apparently, they've got um, one. Queen. which queen. No, they haven't got a queen, but they've got like a tourism figurehead or symbol. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. right. And okay. he's like a wizard. Oh, yeah. well, we have he's, a wizard. He, they've got a wizard, yeah, Not seriously. Merlin, yeah. So he get he gets hired to do wizardy stuff. Yeah, and he right. must have appeared in all of the sort of um, tourism and trade okay. stuff yeah, 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 that yeah. they published. Yeah, bring you know, people in because um, yeah. he worked with them for like twenty eight years or something. Oh, that dedicated, like that. Then. yeah. So he's dedicated. Well, they've sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> dedicated and he's twenty three years. Him. I don't know if they've sacked him, but they've just basically cancelled his contract. Oh, so he could say he's been sacked. Um, but uh, you know, what are the reasons though. Um, I, I mean, mean, they just want to go with a different, you know, a, a different change in the tourism board. Do you well, know what I mean? They paid him like sixteen grand a year. Oh, well, so he, he was on median. Well, for sixteen money. grand a year for just dressing up like a wizard's pretty good crack, to be honest. Well, yeah, but you know, he, I mean, he only has to do that every now and again. It's not like he's Dumbledore and he has to, you know, teach kids magic <laughs> well, or anything. Yeah, well, that, that's why I expect from a, a magician. I want him to teach me how to deal. He's been doing it for a while anyway, but I mean, they've just let him go. And obviously, it's going to be funny what they're going to bring out next. He says he's basically become a living work of art. Well, well, that's it, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if you can't, these worse jobs to have in your life. Well, and if true. that's what you've done and you've enjoyed it, yeah. then do you know what he should do? What? Um, try and get into like advertising, not advertising, uh, but idea, like yeah. adverts, because yeah. you could carry on the wizard thing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. like for a brand. Or something. There's another one. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Have another idea yeah, on me. See, you know, full of them. Full of them. <laughs> full of summit. 
Uh, anyway, I've got some NASA news. Yeah. Have you got some? I've got NASA news too. Well, I want to kick off NASA news with um, uh, NASA news. I mean, anything to do with space, really. Well, it's yeah. It's not just generally NASA news yeah. anymore, is it? It's NASA SpaceX Bezos news. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this, this one goes into um, Pentagon secrets and cover ups. Oh, again. Um, uh, Captain Robert uh, Salas. Ah. Um, who um, is a kind of a, what's he, an Air Force captain? Yeah. Yeah. He claims he saw a giant UFO disable 10 live nukes. Oh. Right? At the This is at a top secret base. Yeah. And the Pentagon is covering it up. Ah. So he also says that um, he sees this as a, um, a, a sign that the, the oh, alien that. terrestrial, extraterrestrials are delivering us a message. Uh, yeah. To humanity, yeah, basically saying stop fucking about with nukes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, um, how long ago was this when he said he's this happened? Because uh, I mean, it's like um, it, this. Okay, so yeah, March 80s. of March of nineteen sixty-seven. Oh right, sixty-seven. Yeah. So he was um was on a on on duty on a military base. Um, yeah. he was the commander, um, of a secret underground launch. Um, right, yeah. Then he says he fired. And a UFO came overhead, hovered um, over the facility. Whilst hovering, there was um, basically um, interference with the nukes, yeah. and they disarmed them all. The missiles. See, well, it would have been around the times as well when uh, they've been testing nukes in like the Pacific and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> they were, uh, if they were aliens, they're, they're out not there, listening. Well, they, they, they didn't listen. Well, that's true, but. Uh, there's been oh what was the list I, f- I can't remember how many uh, nukes actually have been but all over the world like yeah you'd be surprised at it's some of the places now there's so many nukes lighted, Not, yeah. around the earth yeah and I mean it's um, unnecessary really because if you were to ask any any country and say are you planning on setting one of those nuclear devices off no, they'd say no no. Uh, but uh, you know, it, uh, I've got it in defence because somebody it's else terrible. might. Yeah. Well, how about just get rid of them all, and then no one's got the temptation, and then nobody can retaliate. Well, not only that, it's funny over the years that more and more countries have developed them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they continue to develop yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I know totally. that you know we went and into um, into um, Iraq because yeah. we were told that they was developing nuclear weapons. Yeah. But. We don't go into other countries that are actively developing nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and have been told to stop. I believe we give it to India. These countries at the moment that are sending up ballistics or um, hypersonics. Yeah, 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 right. And, you know, some of those are illegal to, you know, to operate or even develop. Oh, yeah, and and they're brand new. It's like, you know, well, how it gets to a point where the stuff that you is legal overtakes the stuff that was illegal in lethality. Yeah. Yeah, right? And you have to reclassify everything. And I think mm. that's getting... We are at that point where stuff that once was illegal isn't the worst thing there now. Yeah, you know, yeah, we need yeah, to look totally. at what's being developed now, reclassify, yeah. and then stop, t- stop them developing them. Yeah. Stop them making yeah. them. And, you know, even try and, you know... Uh, just put a halt to the research in general. I I, I can see it being like there's going to be a space war. I've got a, a 
because yeah, the, because that's the only is. place you can really um, get the um, adequacy of yeah. using your nukes and get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't want putting everyone in danger because you're just firing off nukes in space. And there's actually been meetings and Ridiculous. groups together uh, that uh, state that laws state that there will not be a uh, war in space because that is what everyone expects. What but I the think way they should things do are going is just literally be. slim everything down to like you know gladiator style. So. Or rather your, than war, you get like you know um, a fucking street fighter competition with the two world leaders. Oh yeah, world leaders we should, should batter the fuck yeah. out of each other. Encourages, and see wins encourages and then go, to right, have like strong, strong leaders, you know, as well. Well, yeah, yeah. But then you get then again, you want a clever, clever, well, strong America leader. Fuck with Biden. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking well, I don't think Boris Johnson v Biden. Who's the youngest world leader? Is it still um, what's his Canadian, Canadian guy? Canadian geezer. So we, yeah, what I is think. he the front runner at yeah. this point? Yeah, but what are you gonna do with the women? What if it's got to be man v birth woman? It's That's like war games. It's like um, the the what's it? Isn't it Squid Games? Yeah, or but they all like, you know they all like watch the cocks. Hung, Hunger Games, you know, I'm it's like get you. them all in a in a battle royale and situation. For, for should put them all supreme, in the wrong. Give them all supreme overlord slap. status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's anyway, the, yeah, that's Europe, ain't it? Well, not not Europe. That's, <laughs> that's going to be the UN. It's the new world order. Um, well. Have you have you heard about you know the Starlink system that Elon Musk's put up about? Um, oh know, yeah, yeah. Internet, yeah. In, internet in space, space yeah. internet. Yeah, free internet. Well, All there right. was a lot of customers um, who pre-ordered. Yeah, they paid yeah. about a hundred dollars or about you know the equivalent. Six hundred in it for a unit. Is right? it? Yeah. Well, one uh, well, yeah, but the deposit that was a hundred dollars deposit. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. They paid it nine months ago. Yeah. And they've not received anything. Whoa, what's going on, Elon? What's going on, son? No contact. No contact? I think Elon's trying to make first contact elsewhere. I think he's trying to nick your money, son. So um, some Starlink customers have cancelled their £100 deposits after waiting months and months and months for the service. Uh, they said they just weren't wanted to connect to the internet. Is they just issue? wanted to go on YouTube and Facebook and stuff, Elon. Well, 57 of their satellites have fell out of the sky already. Serious? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, There's probably more, actually, now. That's what I looked at uh, a month ago. Well, 57 of the fuckers. Well, they said that, well, they're obviously having issues, and I don't know yeah. if this is down to the pandemic or what, but SpaceX um, said that kits, kits for Starlink would have arrived mid to late 2021. Uh, but some customers have uh, become fed up of waiting and cancelled. Don't blame him. Forfeiting 100 quid. So John Duran paid a £100 deposit in February uh, for Starlink and uh, to replace his old service. Yeah. And um, he's basically had enough now. He's so he's, he's he's forfeited it now. So Not I don't good. know. If you've, if, if you've got it, I mean, there's a lot of people who are getting it just because it's like, you know, good for rural areas where yeah, you can't yeah. necessarily get high speed internet. Sounds like a great um, uh, People who travel around as well, do you know, um, like, you know, caravanners or vanners yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, they're all using them. But all the similar has kits. to work. This is the thing. I hate it when, uh, uh, like, especially tech brings stuff out and then you have errors, you have... Well, it's just like to, how, but you how need to good secure all that shit before you bring that stuff out. When it first came out, I mean, it's like where we're looking. It's a development thing, isn't it? I yeah, think, yeah. You know, I actually was watching um, something about space rockets the other day. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was all about the development of. It was about the initial space race and like you know the space race with Russia and mm -hmm. 
um, all the attempts and the reasoning behind the attempts yeah. of the different rockets and um, the you know uh, Project Mercury. Yeah, I understand. And that. Um, you know, sending a chim- chimp up. Yeah. Um, the guy, the selection behind the astronauts and all yeah. the rest of it. And how they were going to automate it, and they kicked off because they were like, "Well, why hire us? You know, That's test true. pilots to you know fly it yeah. when you're going to just automate yeah, it." Yeah, you just yeah, you just um, need to. But the mistakes that were made, yeah, yeah, don't were get me wrong, necessary. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it was it, it's look here that there was no um, mistakes made as much, you know, with, yeah. with people on board, and those mistakes are made in a Sorry. time when they're just in a development stage. But they need that. Just, it's but just shocking how much money advanced. they spend. Yeah, and um, we're more advanced than what we were back then. Yeah, we are more. We are more technically minded. We are more. We, computer will say yes, we can do this, and then uh, if it works, at, and this is where we find bits in science where we go, well, actually, this is supposed to mean this, and so we could do this, but actually, nothing happens there. So uh, we need to find out what's going on there. So it gives an extra oh, uh, move of science, but but yeah, but you will move on. But you're still some scientists will have a look at well, why did it go wrong when it should have been calculated right and it was calculated out right, but something that we don't know or understand about has actually changed that situation. You know what I mean? So then they can look into that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that can give us more advance as well. But like I, I stand well, by, all, it. if you're going to bring something error, out, isn't it? Yeah. But still, we're more advanced than we so, was, and we, we, totally. we seem I not. I mean, it's like this new project that they've just blasted off today, actually, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Um, which is a new NASA... NASA? NASA? <laughs> NASA, Dennis and NASA. <laughs> yeah. um, it's um, yeah. a new NASA mission um, that is basically to um, bump an asteroid mm. um, or swarm bump with a out of, the way to see of exploring it. origins of the solar system. Yeah. Um, what they're doing is apparently it's going to be flying past a lot of um, like Eight, asteroids, yeah. yeah, and um, it's going to be able to fire a projectile, yeah. sort of satellite-looking thing, yeah, yeah, at a high speed, which is going to just nudge this asteroid in yeah. aim of kind of um, shifting its orbit. See if we, if an, it's basically the plan for if we have enough it's notice. It's the plot from Armageddon. It is. Uh, we kind need of. to work out if if we push it in this direction or this amount of force or what what would actually happen. It's all good talking about yeah, it. Yeah, but, but that's what I like about this it. because it's yeah. um, like it's not a case of that. It's like well, we've got this theory and we think that yeah. it might work if the uh, if the opportunity ever or you know if we were ever in a situation where mm. there was a massive asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could we use a nuke to kind of bump it off well, course? We've got one coming in, uh, massive, the biggest one ever coming they into our this. solar system. That's going to be right near um, uh, Saturn. Which uh, is like something like 165 well, miles long. This is long. the thing you see because I think you know when you know we've had Prince William this week. Oh um, yes, we have. He was basically saying um, because, and we've talked about it. Um, what was his name? Um, uh, William. William Shatner going yes. up into space with yes. Jeff Bezos's um, Blue Origin. Brilliant. It um, was- yeah, and, see, how, and how Luke Skywalker should be going up on the next SpaceX one. He should, he should. You know, Buck Rogers with Richard Branson. Yeah, hey, oh, oh, where they're having Branson problems with Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, oh yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good yeah, one. Yeah. Good team up, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Branson and Flash. Flash. 
Flashing Branston. Dr. Branston and Flash sounds <laughs> like, like a great so. show. <laughs> I'd watch Branston and Flash. What are you talking about? That sounds awesome. Anyway, well, I think it'd be more boring, to be Branson honest. Branston and Flash. Yeah, I don't think it'd be entertainment at all. Unless it were crashy smashes and, you know, boobs Listen, and don't overthink it, right? So, yeah. uh, wow, a lot yeah. of blue lights tonight. Blue lights. Um, so, done where were we going with this, right? So, you know, um, Pri- Prince William yeah. came out after um, William Shatner landed and he was yeah, basically he saying he finds this whole space race a bit kind of frustrating how he thinks that um, the greatest minds of Earth should be focusing on saving this planet... <laughs> Rather than looking for the next place to live. Well, we ain't going to live a lot longer on this planet if we carry on. You know, we've talked about there was a big rush all of a sudden. There was was a genuine new space race to get off the planet, to to move on to Mars, to move to the moon. Yeah, and it was almost like all this money was just being thrown at it. Yeah, and we were like, why is this all of a sudden? You know, and it's It's like, well, well, is there a reason? Why they want to get white people off the planet. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, could it be that an extinction level event that they know about? Maybe. And Prince William all... just doesn't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, he, he doesn't seem to know a lot of things because we, we do no, need well, the technology. According in to, space. Um, well, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding this because William Shatner himself said uh, Prince William is a lovely, educated man. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't think it's about. Um, you know, just sending rich people to space for the fun of it. Mm. it he, he had a very profound experience, you yeah. know, like, and I think William Shatner being, you know, being an actor and an artist, man, yeah. you know. A well-known actor. And, you know, not just an, an actor. I'd say William Shatner is, you know, an artist in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's got a lot of, you know, so acting, you know, um, vocalist. Yeah. Yes, I'm the is. real Slim Shady. <laughs> All you other spoken word albums. Um, you know, and... Um, you could say he was, he argue he's an artist, right? So when he yeah. looked out of the window, he had a profound, you know, like everything yeah, that ever was and ever will be yeah. in humanity that has happened here, yeah. you know, experience. Yeah, um, totally. I don't know if Jeff Bezos had that. I think he probably more had like, he was kind of looking at his stock prices going up. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and that was and his kick, did. you know, in that situation. I don't think he looked out the window. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. Where he looked out the window and went, Do you know what? I've got all this money. I'm going to save that planet. From what I've seen, I think he was laid right across from one end to the other, looking Did out Jeff the window. Bezos? Yeah, and he was like, what are you doing? And then Shatner's there trying to, you know, get Did up. Did Jeff and he's actually like, go up Whoa. with him? I think so. Well, because apparently he he was oh there was people up there with William yeah. Shatner, but um, Jeff Bezos actually wore his flight suit all the way up to the capsule. And but I think it was in. like, you know, if the opportunity Prick. came, if somebody bailed and there was a spare seat, he would have gone in, but... I didn't. I wasn't sure because it was one of those where um, yeah, yeah. I was watching it and I was following it live. But then didn't he ring I think the bell? we had about forty minutes before the blast off, and I had to go out, so yeah. I was kind of just following it on my phone. I'm but sure, he rang the bell because when he who Bezos around, did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, because after Shatner, the Shatner ra- well, he uh, might have rang the bell, but does that mean? But he's that gone means up? you leave. Yeah, that's the bell. You're leaving Earth, oh, and you're gonna up. then come back. I'm ring. Yeah, is that, you I didn't s- ring the bell. You're not allowed to come. Oh, what if you what if you get on the ship and you hadn't rang the bell? Is that bad luck? Uh, well, I'm I, I, I'm presuming so. I haven't really looked into uh, the bell of the thingy because I hadn't well, seen it that much. But I had heard that they do ring the bell before. Well, they another person um, who did have a bit of something to say about it was uh, Jeremy Clarkson. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. He said Jeremy Clarkson slammed the prince, um, apparently oh. saying that um, it's nonsense about the space race. Um, he says that the people who um, tell Prince um, William um, topics to, to discuss yeah. um, had really dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, totally. So because know. look, he's had the, he's got more power and influence than any other uh, around where where I am anyway. Um, who? Uh, the Prince. Oh, where, and, where you are around yeah, your England. way. <laughs> oh right, I was gonna say always hanging around my way. Yeah, well prince. you know, he likes to he likes to knock on everything. They call now him again. the fresh prince. Nice, nice little cup of tea. He likes cup, a brandy. He brings that. me an ounce. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, him, him, oh, him and the chief of police. Well, uh, oh, I'll, I'll bring that news next week. Right, okay. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. You're interested now, now right? Houses of Parliament. Someone um, uh, asked for uh, Freedom of Information Act on how many people been arrested over the last year in Parliament. Now, two of them were drug dealers. Who actual inside the parliament? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And then there was like a few harassments and then like few f issues at the gate and that. Uh, but yeah, it was surprising uh, on uh, two drug dealers who were caught red handed. Do you know what? You know, when you said that then, it was have you ever seen Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, yeah brilliant right. film, man. It's, it, it was, it, that was the image I got, do you know, when they're all in the, you know, the swanky, yeah. swanky yeah, old oh, men yeah. club and it was like, they, we've got a thief amongst oh, us. Yes. And they make him empty the pockets. Yeah. Yeah, right. And they find, you know, he's a cocaine, cocaine or whatever. Pocket, yeah. yeah. That that's well, it was dollar bills, weren't it? I mean, he gets labelled a drug dealer later, later but on, yeah. it's almost like that sort of pompous, fucking snooty bastards, yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah. know, like yeah. rah, 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 who's but but like you know, they're the ones buying it off them. Yeah, well, yeah, this is <laughs> so this is mean? it. Yeah, like you know, you know, you know, half of them snorting and stuff like that. But like, uh, yeah, well, well, it was a surprise to me. Well, any more NASA news before um, we move on? Because um, I think that's coming yes. up to the end of the show, to be honest. Uh, go for it quick. Uh, ISS, had, uh, uh, which is the International Space Station, had uh, a massive alert the other day uh, when they were trying to... They Basically, they changed orbit when they were trying to fix something on, on, on the station, which has made it uh, worse, which means <sighs> it's probably going to come down. It's always one of them, isn't yeah. it? When you try and fix something and you break something else. Well, there was a space capsule there, uh, um, and they were doing something to it. To, uh, and he blasted it off. Well, <laughs> they were like, that was I the last escape, escape capsule. Well, uh, yeah, I would have thought nearly. Um, there's uh, been a strange uh, radio wave signals from the centre yeah. of our galaxy, which the... Like they 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 thought it was a supernova or something like that, but the signals uh, weren't the right signals, and they don't know these signals. They were tracing it for, I think. Uh, so is this like weeks. another wow signal, if you like? Is this going to be? Um, yeah, but this one's constant. They were tracking it uh, 15 minutes. Uh, it was going on and off uh, for I think uh, six weeks. So how is it that, you know, if they can pick up these signals, how is it they can't decode it into what Because they've never had it before. These other waves of signals, uh, you, you could work out uh, what they are, like, you know, the moon turning or, you know, um, you know a, a star exploding, exploding or something, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It gives off energy signatures, yeah. don't they? Yeah. But this one is In fact, uh, we've played, so we've played 
Um, we have. You know, space sounds before, and you know, we when have. they digitised the indeed. signals to, to discover what that sounds like, and it's quite beautiful in a lot yeah. of ways, isn't it? Spooky sometimes. Sometimes, well. yeah, quite yeah, airy it stuff. It is. Um, yeah. And so. uh, another place where we've just found uh, signals, uh, which wouldn't be surprised that we found signals coming from a sun, but it is the first time that we've found that there's planets around that sun, so it looks like, or possibly, that is actually coming from a planet and not the sun. Right, so okay. this could be the first planet we've ever found that's actually sending a signal. Which aliens, aliens, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be aliens, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? No doubt about it. And that is my news for tonight. Thank you very much. Well, Thank I think you. that's the end of the show. Yes, well, we're getting there anyway. Yeah, I think, I like, um, what's it next week? We were just ne- coming up to Halloween. It is. And we're going to carry on with the spooky, uh, spooky uh, topics. Um, we've got a good one next week. Oh, and then, yeah. obviously, it's Halloween. Yeah. Week after. What we're going to do? We're going to dress up like pumpkins. I don't know. We'll do something. Yeah. We'll find something. We we'll, we'll get into the festive spirit. Yeah, why not? Um, why if you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions, queries, comments or suggestions, um, any ways we can improve the show yeah. or, you know, whatever you, yeah. whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. You want to just mention, come for, come for a chat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn up with an ounce. Mr. Officer. I'll make you a brew. <laughs> um, you know, you can get in touch at neverstraightanswer at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at NASA underscore never. And we're on Instagram at neverstraightanswer. Uh, we're available on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Um, Anchor. Castbox, Anchor. Yeah. Um, we're and everywhere, even baby. YouTube. Everywhere. We're yeah. over there. Um, yeah. Boob tube. Boob tube. We're on the boob tube. We are. Um, also on Red Radio, Red uh, Wall Radio. Yes. Every Thursday night at yes, 9 don't p.m. Don't forget to listen in. Um, we'll be back next week for another episode. We will. Indeed, as always. Packed full of crazy energy. stuff. Yeah. Crazy news. Yeah. Science. And there is a lot out there. More. And a lot more to come. <laughs> well. It's a crazy world. It's a crazy, crazy world. Yeah. I'm losing my voice. Yeah, you, bit, you know, I've had a bit of a kind of a sore throat all week. See, like, everyone around me has. But I, like, I haven't. I start speaking like Barry White to get the get the bass. Oh, you'll get knickers thrown at you doing that. No, and that's Tom Jones, isn't it? Just no, Barry White, Barry White as well. Too. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Barry baby. White loved the old knickers throwing. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> thongs. Oh like, yeah, like flying through you the. Don't air. want one of them in your eye, do you? Just getting that Bing. pink eye. Oh yeah. Oh no, I heard the story of a woman who. Who, who got a thong flicked at her and you know that Just eating took disease. Out. Know that eating um, um, oh, years yeah. in the 90s. I'm pretty sure people stuff. get the gist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you all know. Well, if you've, if you, if fucking hell, yeah. if you've managed to get this far into the show, we'll yeah. fucking salute yeah. you. are an absolute <laughs> legend. Yeah. Especially if you just listen to that. Yeah. And I, then you're a double I legend. I didn't mean to bring it up. Just ask me. I know, but you know. It just come to, to me. Yeah. We're out of here. It. Right. We'll we catch are. you next week. We Peace. Might. Out.